Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the Independent Corner with your host, Jonathan Moody. And tonight with me is the cast and crew, well, so far the crew of and, and well, you know, uh, the and cast, I guess, as well, of The Creek. Hey, how are you guys doing? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. How's it going? All right, we've got Eric Sawyer. Yes. Um, Jim, how do you pronounce your um, last name? Is it Holland? It's a Hollenbaugh. Hollenbaugh, okay. Yep. And um and we got Jason Cantino. Yep. So uh Jason and Eric were both on my um my show a little while ago, like what was it, two weeks ago maybe? Yeah, something like that. We're yeah, groupy. There, so. Yeah. So we uh, for the murder game, which they both uh helped out in as well. So um but yeah, so here we go. Um so how, how to get this off and kicking, uh how did you guys get this whole thing started? Well, well that sounds like you. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Well, Jim was hoping to do something with um, porn, and I was like, no, no, I'm sorry. See, it's going to be downhill when I'm starting it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I thought it wasn't going to go that no, way. Act- another couple actually, what happened was I've worked with Jason in the past. Actually, the first thing I ever worked on was with Jason on a movie called WatchUsDie.com, mm-hmm. and we met there and fell in love. And, and it was a, a blossoming romance ever since. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we we hit it off, and we stayed in touch after that film. And then I got cast in a thirty-minute short film, and it actually Jason. Uh, where were you on that, Jason? I was the uh, first assistant camera on that. And it was kind of one of those like, oh my god, you're on this too. So again, um, stupidity ruled, and we kept in touch. And Jason came up and helped me shoot my short. Uh, and called interrogation, and then we always bounce scripts off each other. And Jason co-produced, co-wrote, and he shot Murder Game, which I ended up getting a part in. And they couldn't find anyone better. <laughs> <laughs> and as Murder Game was going on, I was passing scripts back to Jason, and I did uh, wrote the script for The Creek. And he lovingly tore me a new one on every draft, and and I revised. Hey, revised. It, upon your request, I yes. tore you a new one. It, it was helpful. You need that. And um, so uh, then the creek came about, and I decided this is something you know I definitely wanted to do. I wanted to like go into my first feature, and Jason thankfully and you know appreciatively was willing to to shoot it. And then I found Dave through. Uh, I would say what. I mean, Dave, I'm sorry. I found Jim. Jim, through um, Todd Click. Yeah, through Todd Click. Though, we actually, uh, it was kind of funny because uh, I, whenever I uh, saw your uh, most amazing headshot online, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd actually recognized Eric from a uh, writing class we'd had together in school, and I knew he had worked on Watch Us Die uh, during that time period. and So we actually had known each other before, but uh, yeah, pretty much met through Todd Click, and that's how it happened. All right, well, yeah. we got another caller. Hold on. Awesome. Okay. Uh, 717, you should be on. Hello? Hello. Hey, what's going on? Hey, I heard you guys had cast but no crew. Or was it crew but no cast? <laughs> <laughs> Eric doesn't count because he's both. I don't count. This this is uh, Tim Jezlowski, a.k.a. Billy. Ooh, what's up, Billy? Jay. Wow. A, uh, a ghost is calling us right now. Yep. Yes. From the afterlife. Oh, jeez. No one's oh, making other spoilers. Good, good things don't happen when the Well, it, it's not a spoiler because <laughs> that's kind of the premise of the movie. No, I'm and, he, and he's on the front cover. I know. Yeah, he's, that was I am dead. Yes. Fools. 
So he died uh, rather quickly in the movie, so it's quite all right. <laughs> I'd first like to say hi to all the guys there. I haven't talked to half you guys since uh, since the movie ended. It's good to hear all you. Yeah, it would be nice if you returned a call or you know responded <laughs> to an email or. I did see your brains getting eaten by zombies on uh, Ace of Cake, so that was. Oh uh, yes, cool. yes, my other cinematic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, Jason was on Ace of Cakes. His girlfriend uh, surprised him with a, a cake of his head getting eaten by zombies. That is awesome. It, it was definitely awesome, and surprisingly, a lot of people watch that show because people are like, "Hey, you're the zombie guy." <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. So okay. So I guess um we we got to establish how it got started, but. Like, how did you guys um, end up getting the money to, to, to make this movie? Actually, um, we, me and my wife went back and forth on that, on how we wanted to do it, if we wanted to look for independent, you know, financing from independent investors or whatever. And seeing that this was our first uh, feature, we decided to basically finance it ourselves. We had one small investor, and, and that was it. So it's pretty much self-financed for about 75% of it. And was it pretty expensive to... Uh, I guess you don't probably don't want to give too much of the budget ideas away just in case uh, well, potential way, distributors are listening. <laughs> well, the way I usually describe it is um, less than a new Volkswagen. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. And, if the, and you know what? If distributors are interested, I don't care. I just want in distributors to be interested. <laughs> And surprisingly, even though it's less than a new Volkswagen, we trashed an old Volkswagen in it. So That's I guess true. that was most of the budget right there. <laughs> Eric, is your wife upset that you didn't instead just get a new Volkswagen? Um, as of now, no. She would have rather actually had an old Volkswagen because I mean, <laughs> she tends to like those old Beetles. So, but no, she's cool, and uh, it's all good. I mean, we just knowing we were going into this as a first-time thing, and, and I couldn't give people answers at this point. I mean, I could look up figures and numbers and say to people, it should do this, it should do that. But, I mean, as Jim, who actually yelled at me one night for saying it because he heard it so often, um, knows, I frequently said throughout the movie, you know, I think it's turning out great, but, you know, who knows, it might be a flaming piece of shit. And, I mean, as a first movie, you don't know. I mean, a movie's created three times, when you write it, when you direct it, and then when you cut it. At any point in that, something, you know, could go awry, and next thing you know, it's like, oh, my God. And right. the truth be told, a lot of people probably still will think it's a flaming piece of shit. <laughs> but no, well, we're that's pretty what, That's with it. every movie. You know, there are, there are always going to be the critics. Yeah, you know, I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean, I think it's, I think we're really, everyone seems really happy with what came out of it, and genuine, generally when I tell people the budget was under a new Volkswagen people that have seen it are extremely surprised so i think that alone makes us happy yeah it definitely looks like you know i think i mentioned to you uh to you and i've mentioned to uh robert and everybody like pretty much i don't think i've mentioned this to you jason yet but um you know it's, it's just the look of murder game and the creek you know the way that it was shot you know and everything and that the look of it is pretty you know it both look very you know professional and very, like, film-like, even though it was shot on, um, you know, HD. Well, actually, it wasn't even shot on HD. It was shot on, on, on 24P, but it was standard def. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank well, you. we actually <laughs> wish it was HD, but thank you for the compliment. Wow, yeah. it almost did look HD. Wow, I thought it was. But, well, okay. I, I 
probably hit the wrong button and made it look better than it should have. <laughs> than anyone conscious. Actually, a lot of the look is credit to Jason and to to Chris Evans, our our lighting guy. Yeah, Chris, who I stole. <laughs> who, I stole who we him. borrowed. He he's a friend of mine from from Philadelphia that works at the local uh, Grip House, and since we were shooting the creek on basically weekends, like Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night shoots. He, you know, wasn't really working as much those days, so he skewed his schedule so that he would work Thursday at the shop and then leave and drive out to, you know, the middle of nowhere so we could shoot and occasionally take something from work, you know, a <laughs> generator or a light or something that I begged that we needed, and uh, <laughs> we would be able to shoot with it for the weekend. So and, we borrowed, right? Yeah, we borrowed. Well, I mean, we had we had a package, like an actual lighting package that we did rent. It wasn't an extensive package, but, you know, Chris uh, and the lovely people at Location Lighting let us augment it a little bit here and there, you know, on certain days when we needed to. Yeah, we did, to Jason's um, to Jason's credit, uh, we did some test shooting ahead of time as well because we knew we were breaking one of the first rules of low-budget film, and that was shooting all at night. And yeah, let me just say, all Eric said to me is, I want to shoot a movie in the middle of the woods, okay? So we're shooting in the middle of the woods, pitch black, and he goes, but I want as much depth as I can get, but I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. You want me to show the whole world I don't have a lot of money. And so we had to do some test shooting to try to see if it was even feasible to, you know, see anything. And we actually, Jason had a great idea, and I believe George Winchell also, you like and him, I think we're saying about the, Getting the the big um, five five K right? Yeah. Well, when we when we went to shoot, we realized, you know, like quickly looking at it, that we needed, you know, since it was nighttime, we wanted to imitate the moon, and we wanted to have one big source, and like on a bigger budget production, you know, we would have had like an eighteen K up in a condor or, or something along those lines, but you know, we didn't have that kind of money, but. I managed to swing a deal with a friend and get a 5K, and I kind of basically convinced Eric, like, we, we can't shoot this movie without, you know, at least one light that big as our main source, and then, you know, using smaller lights just here and there to hit a tree in the background or, you know, something to make it look, you know, like there's more going on than there is. Right. And uh, that, and that was godsend. Was one of I heard uh, I think Eric told me that there was a uh, there was a credit for one of the character uh, one of the uh, one of the, the crew members. At, oh, Sasquatch. Uh, yes, yeah, Sasquatch. <laughs> that was that was Chris Evans because what was it? He well, he, he looked like, like a Sasquatch uh, peeking around in the woods. <laughs> yeah, like we oh we go God. to sh- shoot something and he'd like disappear. I'd be like, hey, we need to set a light back there, and he'd be gone, and then I'll, like he'd leave to the left, and then he'd come out of the woods on the right. Like, where the heck did you just come from? You know, he just lived in the woods. He was, so he is now forever known as Sasquatch, which has still stuck with him a little bit to this day. And he, and he's part ape. Yes, well that that too. Anyone that knows him well enough knows that. So when you guys call him up, are you like, hey Sasquatch, you want to go hang out? Yeah, yeah. When I, I still, you know, I I work with him every now and then, you know, to this day, and I I still call him Sasquatch, and he On just laughs and he's like, yeah. <laughs> on the set, that was his name, basically. Like, everyone called it. The actresses, everyone just was like, oh, where's Sasquatch at? <laughs> well, yeah, for Eric's 
credit here. You know, we did a low-budget movie shooting at night in the woods. You know, it's cold, it's wet, it's, you know, ideal situations for people to not get along. And it was actually, like, one of the most fun sets I've ever been on. And everyone got along, everyone joked around, everyone was in on all the inside jokes. It was just, you know, a good time. Did you guys ever shoot, like, a um, day-for-night type thing? No, we only shot one day. We tried to do that, and it didn't work, right, Uh, if I recall? Yeah. Yeah, we did one. We tried to do it once, but then we did a. Oh, yeah, we shot some B-roll to test to see if we could do it. Yeah. And it just was, you know, we didn't have, I guess, the ability. Because there's what you need, like a blue gel or something, like blue like lens. Well, no, I mean, you can do. I mean, nowadays with all the stuff you can do in post, you know, the way you color correct and whatnot. But you know, I ran off with the camera and just kind of half-ass shot some just wood shots because. My concern was, you know, we were shooting in and around this cabin, and we wanted the woods to seem really big and vast and and a lot larger than it was, but we could only power our lights, you know, so far from the cabin. So I went out during the day one day and just shot all this deeper woods footage, seeing maybe we can, you know, make it look like night, but, you know, nothing was able to really match, mainly because I was just bad at what I was doing. Yeah, actually, the editor really couldn't do much with it, I heard, too. Oh, the the guy that was color-correcting it was just such an idiot. That's the problem. He made everything look too dark. Oh, it was horrible. (laughs) I got it, and I was like, who is this guy? (laughs) Um, So you guys edited on, um, what, Final Cut Pro? Or Adobe? Actually, Final Cut Pro 4.5 HD. Oh. Oh, look at you. Oh, Hello. <laughs> yeah, no, we we cut it on on that, and um, it, it's actually worked well. The color correction worked well, and as for the day for night footage, it was just tough because you could do it, but the problem I found, and it could just be, I mean, I'll be honest, it could just be like a better color corrector could have done it, but it it was hard to blend because it just you couldn't get that the footage to blend with the actual footage. Like if you would have shot the whole thing that way. I mean, personally, I'm not really fond of that either, because um, I don't. It doesn't have the look we wanted. I really wanted. I said to Jason as well as with the depth that I wanted something that was. I wanted kind of contrasty, and I wanted it dark, and I wanted it like as realistic for night as you could do it without um, overdoing it. Like I didn't want blue because a lot of people go blue, and what I found color correcting the day for night was you, you really to make it look night, you had to go blue. So it ended up being that, like, was it really worth it situation? Mm-hmm. And we didn't really need it, uh, the footage. I mean, it's something like some of it would have been great, but um, it ended up I don't really think I needed it, so we, it wasn't really worth pursuing. Yeah, it was just really just a couple filler shots. We never staged any scenes or anything with talent. So, you know, like you said, it, since it didn't really work that well, you know, it wasn't really worth fiddling with it just for two or three extra transition shots. Okay. Well, um... The, another question I've had, I, I think you had a pretty good shot of, like, the moon and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And why not? I, I just want to know, like, how do you guys, because I know on, a, like, a regular mini-DV camera, you guys can't really do a good shot of the moon. You know, like, you can you can barely see it when I, uh, you know, oh, whenever I try to use it, I, I, I zoom up and you just can't see the moon real well. It just blurs out. Well, uh, what, what's the What's the, like, trick? <laughs> the trick is when you work over the span of like six or eight weeks, 
you get a couple cracks, at least two cracks at getting a full moon. So <laughs> you just shoot a bunch of them, and hopefully something works out. With the creek, we were lucky. I think that was the only night we had a full moon, and we shot it, and it worked out being okay. You know, we just zoomed in as far as we could, shot a couple different variations, because, you know, the trick is the moon can, even it's so bright, so if you're, like, exposed to see, you know, the details on the moon, then you pretty much don't see the details of anything else. I think all I did was I threw a 1K, like, into any foreground elements and then kind of split the difference on the exposure between the moon and, and anything else in front. On the murder game, I was lucky because I shot moon footage, like, every month. Every time there's a full moon, I went out and shot it. I mean, Rob seriously must have had, like, an hour's worth of all these different full moons, and we were able to pull what we needed from it. And it has to be, like, at this certain time, right? Like, well, it's, it's a horror film. You know, you got to go for a full moon. I mean, right. earlier... Right, I'm saying, like, it has to be, like, you know, it has to be the right, like, you know, the right length to be able to shoot it at, you know, or to actually see it and be able to zoom up. Yeah, I mean, if, if I had had a telephoto lens, I could have gotten closer and made it bigger, but... You know, with the with the creek, I kind of like the idea of you know having it so it looked like their point of view from in the woods because you know we were in the woods with them, and also I didn't have a telephoto lens, so I couldn't really get much closer outside of buying a stock shot that probably wouldn't have matched anyway. Hey, Jonathan, um, real quick, do we still have Tim on the line? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Hey, Tim, oh. I just also I wanted to say about Tim. Tim was a trooper. I mean, Uh-oh. he Uh-oh. <laughs> he he sat. I mean, I th- we tried to be as as um, considerate of the actor's schedule as possible, and like you know, keep only keeping their nights we needed them, obviously. And if we only needed them after midnight, have them there. But uh, Tim, unfortunately, a lot of his shots were generally of him, and we would end up a lot of times having to push him back in the schedule because we were in the middle of shooting something else, and we had to relight for him. And he endured, I think, what was it, Tim? Two hours of makeup? About two hours of makeup. And uh, if I could just uh, tell a quick little story, I remember being asked by the director to show up. Uh, I got a phone call, and he said, hey, can you make it a little earlier, like maybe uh, be here at 5 for makeup, and uh, we'll, we'll shoot you around 7. I'm like, sure, man, no problem, I'll be there. I get there, get in the makeup chair, 5, 6, 7 o'clock, roll around, makeup's done. I'm expecting to... Uh, do my shot, and uh, Eric says, it'll just be a little bit later, just just hold on, you know. Uh, I sit in the trailer, hang out, have a couple uh, uh, Red Bulls, whatever. Uh, 4.30 in the morning rolls around, they wake me up, hey, we're ready for your shot. So uh, they get me out of the bus, and about 15 seconds uh, of film time, my shot is over, and uh, I go home for the night. Morning. I'd like, whatever. I'd like to point out that was a directorial choice. Eric always wanted to try to tell you we were shooting earlier and push you later. So you'd look angry because he felt the ghost should be angry. I'll tell you what, though, it worked in that scene because it was the scene outside the the the, uh, the bar. And okay. if you look at me, I actually look like I'm dead because they literally just pulled me off the trailer and threw me in front of the camera, and I am total sleepy faced. It looked great. I thought it was excellent. <laughs> Hey, we've got another caller. Hold on. Oh, my God. We're blowing up. Yes, we are. Uh, 610, you're, you should be on. Yeah, what's up? This is Brian. Yo, what's going on, hey, what's going on? <laughs> what's Adam? going on? Uh, you're the one who's like, poop. Yes. What's that? 
And you're the one who played Coop on the in the movie The Creek. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am. I am. I apologize. I'm like half asleep right now. <laughs> I, uh, I woke up like ten minutes ago. I just drove back from West Virginia, so I want to be on, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> are yeah. you and uh, Tim brothers or cousins? Um, I think brothers. we're we're like brothers from another mother. Yeah, I don't really know Tim too well, but uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Nah, we I, we I grew up together in like a in like a five by eight room. Somehow we survived in there without bunk. Five by eight room, and the two of them are like six twelve. <laughs> right. And when he was little, he used to put his boogers on the wall. Oh, come on. Oh, man. That's, that's oh, not worse than, than you coming home from skateboarding and taking your socks off and shoving them in my mouth, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's not cool. Yeah, I love you, man. That's how I show you I love you. I know, right? We had a very intimate relationship at a young age. Right. Come on. That's awesome. And it, just, it, it just extended on camera, too. It was just, It was perfect. Our on-screen chemistry was incredible. That's Actually, right. one of my favorite lines in the movie, and it's my um, Nancy, uh, my wife, is actually their sister, um, Brian and, and Tim. So that and would make you our brother-in-law? That is true. Oh, this and, is great. And this sounds very interesting. Is in and the at least you and I are unaffiliated, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I'm, we're in, Jason and Jim are in no way related to anyone else. <laughs> but one of the greatest lines, like in editing, every time it made me laugh because I'm just an idiot. But is when Elise walks in and, and there's this thing with Dave and, and all oh, this God, stuff. And Angel, Angel and Elise have their little thing because Elise says something stupid, and then she looks at Coop. She's like, "What's up, Coop?" And he looks at her and goes, "Elise, looking good still." <laughs> and every time I'm like. That's his sister. Ew. Ew, but you <laughs> wrote it for who, wrote this, who wrote this thing, man? I know. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, ew. You wrote it. You. But to the credit of everybody, and I mean, honestly, like, everyone in the cast, like, earned their parts. I mean, we didn't just cast, I didn't cast Tim and Brian and Nancy because it was just easy. Don't get me wrong. It was easy. But it was also because, like, the Coop character I wrote specifically for Brian because I knew it was something that I thought he could have some fun with and he could really, you know, do something with. And Brian is doing his own acting on the side. And and uh, he was terrific. He, he test shot with us. We did test shooting with Brian, with Tim, with, excuse me, with everybody. And, and they all earned their parts. It wasn't a matter of like, hey, let's make a family movie. It was more like <laughs> I wanted to do this movie, and then I approached people and said, you know, hey, if I do this, you know, are you interested? And, and things of that nature. Cheap labor. Right. Apparently, though, if you ask uh, if you ask Jay, I was a, a pain in the ass because he has one of those real old cameras that doesn't extend up high enough. I don't know. This is no, probably back from the eighties. Say 80s. something. There's a lot of scenes that have Eric and Brian together, and Eric is what like five 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 foot eight on a good day, and Brian, in all seriousness, what are you five, six five? I think I'm six seven, which is normally average height for an actor. If you didn't. Oh, know. I'm sorry. You're six seven, so you're considerably taller than him. And every scene, Eric's like, so I want the two of us standing together, and to frame the two of them together and make it not just Eric's head and Brian's chest was difficult. There's actually a scene that takes place when they're looking into the cabin from outside, and I made Brian stand in a, a riverbed so that him and Eric would actually be like close to height. So I could finally like frame the two of them up and have it look normal. 
Well, there was one scene we started shooting, and we were doing a dirty single of Brian, and I was on the right, and I was, you know, bumping in and out of frame. And Jim and Derek, Derek was our script girl. He, um, those two start laughing like idiots, and Jason starts laughing. So I cut. I'm like, "What's going on?" And they're like, "Dude, you got to see this." And they rewound it. I'm like at Brian's like nipple height. It was like the most stupid thing. I was like, "Yeah, we can't do that." That's where, that's where I like to keep most of my dirty singles at nipple. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Here Wait, goes. is this on satellite? <laughs> This is actually on iTunes. Nice. Even better. <laughs> what are the regulations on that? <laughs> yeah, are we allowed to curse? Yeah, no, no, yeah, you guys can curse. Uh, right. it's, it's, it's on Mature. Nice, so. nice. Well, we're, awesome. we're not, so at least on <laughs> <laughs> We're totally outclassed on Mature, though, because we're so immature. Right. I think, what was what did, what did the one actress say? This is the most homoerotic set she's ever been on. <laughs> I think I she, said, she said Derek is gay. <laughs> oh, if only Derek was here to defend himself. Derek was great on set. He um he was our our script supervisor and our our logger and and the butt of all of our jokes. Oh, uh, he got punished. And the and the best part was Jim's the one that recommended him. He brought him on, and Jim tortured the kid constantly. <laughs> and it, I felt bad, but at the same time, like I think Derek enjoyed it. So it was. I, I definitely think he did. he brought it on himself. I was just trying to encourage him to do a better job. <laughs> Jim's, Jim's motivational skills have a little bit to be desired. <laughs> but um, so hey, I, I wanted to say too. I don't know if uh, this was going to be mentioned later or not, but it should also be pointed out that the uh, wonderful score of the creek was done by uh, oh, none yeah. other than Tim. Tim Jedlowski and Andrew C. Strauss, um, our ghost was actually our scorer as well, and we've gotten a lot of compliments on the score. The score did sound really good. Thank you. Yeah. I uh, worked very hard on it. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, like, are you, is that what you do a lot? Like, do you do a lot of music? Well, actually, um, I, I do play in a rock and roll band, but uh, my first true love is heavy metal. And when Eric uh, approached me about doing the score, I knew that um, for a horror movie, we needed some really good uh, metal action. So um, I collaborated with my good friend Andy Strauss. Um, and Legendary uh, guitar player for Messiah Prophet. This is true. We had the power of Christ on our side for this uh, project. Um Andy is wonderful when it comes to turning the knobs in the studio, and I mean not only on the board. No, I'm just kidding. He, um, he, he came up with many of the ideas for the score, and uh, I simply uh, collaborated, and we just uh, threw you know, our ideas in a, a nice little pot, mixed it around, and uh, came out with uh, what you hear there. Um, I usually... Um, was the the guy that was throwing out the ideas, and he would organize them and you know put the creative touches on them. So we, I think, made a great team um, doing this uh, score. We had a, a, a heck of a time. We had, we we had uh, probably the most fun in the studio that we've had in a long time. Um, he recorded my band before, and he just has a great ear for all the stuff. And um, more than that, he just had a great vision too. So. I was happy to work with him, and um, we had uh, a really nice uh, marathon session in the studio about, what was it, Eric, about almost a total of 24 hours over a weekend. 
Yeah, two weekends we shot, did that. Yeah, just banged out the whole thing, and um, I, I can't say enough about the guy. He did a, a great job, and it was great working with him, and um, I'm glad to hear that we're getting some uh, compliments on the music because, um, to be honest with you, right now I'm currently unemployed, and I would love to find a job, uh, you know, <laughs> doing something in the music field, so. Hopefully, hopefully more people listen to this, and uh Hopefully check out the creek and uh you maybe you might be getting some calls. Hey, you're on that iTunes be awesome. right now, Tim. There you go. That's something. Oh sweet. We <laughs> actually the download. Just a side note on, on how we did that, like Tim said, it was we ended up we got done shooting um June third and then we were scoring when was that, Tim? Was that November? No. <sighs> or January. What? Man, it's all a blur. You know it was, it was the beginning of December. We we hit two weekends. We scored from like eight in the morning till the one on Saturday. Like it was, it was early until like I think it was more like nine or ten, and we scored till about midnight. Did the same on Sunday. Then two weekends later, sat down, did it again. And that, that's right. Yep. I think the unique part of the way we did it too was we actually recorded directly into Final Cut Pro. Yes. And it was an interesting way to do it because it was I don't know for Tim and Andy I think it worked well too. It was it was the collaboration was great because. Me being there, and I would just record it in a final cut, and they would just come out with ideas, and we could put it right in. We had a preview monitor set up, and we could play it right out of the timeline and say, okay, that's what it looks like, that's what it sounds like, and then discuss, like Tim and Andy would usually discuss what they thought of it, go back, and then Andy or Tim would come up with some other elements for it, and it was actually like an efficient way to do it, and it was a fun way, too. That's really cool. Yeah, I... I I would have to agree. You know, it was probably the best way to do that, and it was the best use of time to do it, too. I mean, other than that, we uh, would have had to sit there and uh, work out every single part and then record it, mix it, master it, and then send it off to Eric. When he came in and we were all sitting there in the studio, not only did we have the availability of uh, shooting it right to his laptop and working through Final Cut Pro, but we had his... uh, professional opinion on what we should do and he you know he could say here i need a little bit more of this or that sound doesn't quite work for it there so we had uh, you know a third input so to speak on the uh, ideas okay first thing i want to say is tim third <laughs> input and then the second thing I want to, <laughs> the second thing i want to say is um i agree like with what tim was saying is is though i think you know 90 percent of things get scored is like you know someone's sitting somewhere and does it and then sends it off to the you know, the director, the editor, whatever, whoever's doing it. And, um, and yeah, and then it has to go back to them with notes, and then they change, and then it goes back. And it, it was just so much, I think, again, efficient. And also, it, it was great, too, because there's some things they did that, honestly, if I would have got it in the mail and plugged it in and been sitting there listening to it, I kind of might have been like, eh, I don't know. But sitting there doing it with them, and they could kind of also go, well, you know, I want to do this because later in the next scene I'm doing this. It, it was it was actually like I think for them it was better because you don't just have some guy that's just listening to it cold. You know they could kind of also like plead their case a little bit if they had something they really felt worked. Right. And I thought that was like a great way to do it for everybody. I, I actually hope to do it that way again the next time. Hopefully not the you know twelve hour weekend missions and have a little yeah. more time to do it, but. Well, I mean, isn't that the yeah. beauty of being able to compose uh, soundtracks like these days? Like um, being able to put everything into the laptop and get it out there and like even make it on CD. 
I mean, are you guys thinking about putting maybe the uh, sound, like, put the actual soundtrack out for the movie? I mean, that'll be up to whoever distributes it if they think there's there's a place for it. I mean, I and if it's up to Andy and Tim, honestly, they're ultimately that would be their decision as well, because um, you know, we have the rights for the music for the movie, but obviously, if it did a soundtrack, it's up to them. But you know, I think I've actually had people come up and ask me about the music specifically, and if you can get it after our premiere in PA and um, in New York as well. And I was like, you know, hopefully in the future. But, you know, again, I've gotten great, terrific responses to the music in it. That's great. Tim, are you happy about that? I am absolutely ecstatic. It's been a, it was a, a, an excellent experience. We had a, a, a fun time doing it, and uh, I sure as hell hope that we can get it out you know, for uh, distribution, um, not only the movie, but the soundtrack as well. I think it would be great. Yeah, and uh, I, I hope something happens so that, you know, uh, that could be a possibility, having a soundtrack out there for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Um, So, uh, you know, so was the shoot, like, I guess I'm going to go around and ask everybody, uh, like, what was the craziest thing that happened on the shoot? <laughs> so, uh, where do I want to start? This is the craziest thing I think that happened. We're shooting in a cabin in the woods, and, you know, of course, there's a big creek by the cabin, and we lucked out in, what was it, 18 days of shooting. I think we only had one day that it actually rained while we shot. So we were very lucky. Like, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of every other week, though, I think. Right. So the one day, I think all we had to do was pretty much, it was a light day. We had to go reshoot a couple things and do some second unit and some smaller type stuff. And we're sitting in the cabin because it's actually, like, raining a little bit. And there's this knock at the door. And this, <laughs> yeah. this boy, I, I swear to you, he had to be, like, eight years old, just comes walking into the cabin in shorts and no T-shirt. He pulled up on, like, a four-wheeler, like, on a gator. And he's just like, hey, I live over there. And just points into the woods. Like, <laughs> as far as I know, he, he lived way out into the woods. And he's like... My dad says that this road floods when it rains, so you better go to higher ground because there was only one road in and out to get to this cabin. And then he hopped on his little ATV and drove off into the woods. <laughs> and I just remember turning to Eric and Jim, and I'm like, that's an omen. I, some little shirtless kid just wandered in and told me to get to higher ground. I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah, maybe and maybe it was a ghost. What was that? And maybe it was a ghost. I, I don't know. All I know is we ended up, I think, all moving our cars that night. Yep. And then, but we brought Sasquatch's Jeep back down, and we were like, "The heck with this. We're going to shoot anyway." And and we lucked out, and we, you know, nothing happened, and we shot. I mean, I kept waiting to like discover this kid and his family living in a tree somewhere because we <laughs> shot out into the woods that night. But that was definitely the strangest thing I think in my mind that happened. To shoot. So there's so the, uh, anything else? Any other good stories? Jim? Well, the it was uh, well, there were certainly some interesting and challenging days that uh, provided for lots of fun, such as uh, the day we shot the car scene out in the horrible muddy woods uh, was quite uh-huh. challenging. <laughs> but uh, the other thing I, I can remember is uh, what before after we had already wrapped principal, and then m- several months later went back for some reshoots. Within that short time period, what the uh, cabin had flooded up to almost the ceiling, and there was just like all this damage done. And uh, thank goodness we didn't need to do any more interior reshoots. 
Yeah, we couldn't. We couldn't shoot inside because it was all mold, and there was, like the water line was up to the ceiling. Yeah. It, it actually flooded over the roof. The, yeah, the whole amazing. inside looked like it was. It, it had like a tornado went through the inside of the cabin. It was. It was two weeks after we 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 wrapped. That we had a heavy rain up north a little bit. That the the motorcycle ghost kids omen came true. He was just off by two weeks. Yeah. No, and we were we basically there was no option to shoot in. I had to get back there and get someone to clear the road because there were trees over the road. And the gentleman that owns the cabin, it's two of them, uh, brothers actually, Mark Staley and um, Bob. Uh, yeah, and Bob Staley. They were generous enough to let us use that cabin. And and uh, uh, Mark is an electrician, and he came back and had to then make sure everything worked because we actually had him for the 5K light we talked about earlier. He came back and put special uh, circuits in and whatnot for us, so he had to come out and get all that stuff going. And it was well, there was what like I think like two inches of silt in the bottom of the cabin. Yeah, yeah. It was and, and the breaker still worked and everything and all that. Yeah, no, everything worked. It was amazing. It was one lucky shoot. What about <laughs> you, Tim? Anything crazy? Um, let me think. It might have been describing my. Uh, technique of using baby powder to Dave Foster. <laughs> I believe he enjoyed that demonstration and the uh, the uh, application. Application. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that since this is a kid's show. Uh, Dave Foster's sense of humor are certainly added to lots of craziness on the set, as I recall. Quite adept at uh, impersonating um, Michael McDonald. Yes. Yeah. I know I have... In- in the outtakes that I cut, I have Dave um, pretty much, like, air-humping all sorts of items. <laughs> he air-humped everything. Yeah. He, he constantly, he was like a retriever in heat. <laughs> he air-humped me when I was shooting that one scene. <laughs> and, like, you just see the camera start to shake, and then I say something. I think you put it in the deleted scenes, or the outtakes, too. Or I'm like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's in there as well. So Dave and I, you know, now we're living together. Things are going well. It's good. <laughs> Is he randomly air humping you, or? No, I was not to like give anything away, but I was shooting a, a shot where he had to get like really close to the camera and kind of like talk to the camera, and he just like as he's doing the scene, he's you can't see his waist, but he's like humping just below frame, like humping my leg. And then I just lost it, like, in the middle of the take, because, well, Dave was humping my leg. And, uh, you know, I guess that, that'll be out if, when they, whenever the DVD comes out. Hey, you know, when you spend that many nights in the woods with people, you get close, things get weird. Well, especially yeah. males. <laughs> starts to, everything just starts to be okay. <laughs> so they were right about it being, a, 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 you know, very homoerotic. Yes, my leg was asking for it, you know. All right. <laughs> I, I'm going to put this out there right now. I was not involved in any sorts of uh, activities like this. You, so you, you played that your song with our mother at the rap party. <laughs> <laughs> that might be one of the crazier moments for me. I guess wasn't even on set. And she ended up cursing out my mom because she was dumping beer out instead of drinking it during beer pong. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm the one who spent the entire night in the cabin by myself at the rap party. That's because you found the moonshine on the shelf and decided to chug it. Even oh, yeah, that was probably the craziest thing that happened was the <laughs> moonshine we found. 
got like fifty year old moonshine inside the cab and I opened it up and sniffed it and lost like and then, it lost so many brain cells you can't even imagine. Like I'm I'm basically retarded now because I did that. <laughs> well well I don't know if it's because of that, but <laughs> No, that was a we our rap party we decided just to have it at the cabin because we had this great cabin that was pretty isolated and it wasn't a huge thing, just a you know, cast and crew, but it was a fun time. But I, I, the main thing I remember from that is, is again, Brian swearing in front of his mom because when she had to drink, she would dump the beer out. And then <laughs> I'm sitting around a, a peaceful, calm fire with people drinking, and Jim is like three sheets to the wind and comes running up to me with this. It was a bottle that was in the cabin the whole time we shot. It was there when I got there. And I cleaned the place up before shooting because it actually had been flooded five years prior and no one cleaned it. You can see it in the film. It's above the fireplace. It's on the mantle above the fireplace. Yeah, it is. I think it's next to the fog knife. <laughs> the fog knife, yeah. <laughs> that we just left there for the character of it. Um, but Jim comes running out to me, and he's like a foot from me. And he has this moonshine bottle, which no one messed with. People looked at it and were kind of like, what's that? And it had liquid in it, and we just ignored it. He comes running out, and I swear to God, it's uncorked, and there's some form of steam or smoke or something <laughs> coming out of the top. And Jim comes up to me a foot away and screams into my ear, Dude, you got to smell this! <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a rather memorable moment. <laughs> yeah, that, that was damaging stuff. <laughs> and, it, and it survived the second flood, too. I remember seeing it there for the reshoots. <laughs> It's, it probably st- it's probably still there. Hopefully that kid in the ATV goes up and drinks it some night. <laughs> maybe maybe he'll run over to his parents and go, hey, smell this. Yeah, he'll, pr- he'll probably die. <laughs> you know, it's, it's there's a high note right there. <laughs> What's that? I said there's a high note right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I mean, for a thriller horror, we did have a lot of fun. And And again, like Jason said, when you're shooting all night like that, a lot of, to the credit of the cast and crew, most of us, I think, except for a few occasions, a couple people, um, we came straight from our day jobs Thursday. We would get, um, what was the call time, Jason, like 7? No, that would be like 6.30. Yeah, 6-something. Because I remember yeah. it was always a horrible time for me to drive down the turnpike for two hours to make it there for, just to complain. <laughs> <laughs> but we, the call time was around 6.30 then, and, and, I mean, we shot all night until the birds came up, and we... We covered the one night nine pages. Yeah. And we are we probably averaged about six pages a night. Which is crazy. Especially considering, realistically, by the time it got dark enough to shoot, it was about nine. And towards the end of the shoot, the birds started chirping and the sky turned around five. And it was like bust your ass time because <laughs> we got to get this done. Yeah, because yeah, it's not that we were leisurely shooting all night, but like as it it got closer to dawn and you started hearing the birds because the birds would start chirping before the sun even really came up. Mm-hmm. That's when it was like, okay, this goes here, this goes here, let's move, move, move. And luckily, like, as we said, we were all pretty laid back and got along and had fun, but we all seemed to click into that, okay, we know we only have a half hour left to shoot and we have two pages to shoot. Like, we need to hustle. That's when I actually first started to first read the script. I memorized my lines five minutes before. But it it shows. And, to read. I know, and it kind of came through. I, I was a little upset. I wanted sort of a spontaneity thing going, you know what I mean? If I read the lines too well, it doesn't feel natural. No, it, you know what? You did a good job. And I think the best is when you get hit by that car, when you land, 
It's the most acrobatic thing I've ever seen, especially oh, for a man yeah. of your stature. <laughs> I wish we could have got that in one shot. It would have been incredible. Well, we did, but I just said we didn't so that you'd have to do it a couple more times. <laughs> I appreciate that. One of my favorite things from the movie was having Brian turn to me frequently and going, man, why do I got to be this dumb? <laughs> <laughs> he was constantly upset that Coop, he felt, was dumb. And I didn't think Coop was dumb. He was just a nice guy that kind of was laid back and went along with things. You know what I mean? Maybe a little naive. Maybe. That's a better way to put it. Yeah, not dumb, naive. That's, I think that fits. <laughs> Wait, what? I fits my personality? That's ridiculous. <laughs> you didn't say you don't think it was method acting? <laughs> a little bit, maybe. I guess you could say I was constantly in character, I guess, then, you know? I think the one line, though, that was like where Brian had a definite case was outside the cabin when me and him, the scene where Jason was talking about having him in the gully, and and I say, I say about who actually did it, which at this point is, you know, even, even Coop should have known, and... And then Jesse gives this like overly simplistic explanation, and then he Brian just gives the, oh that's right. <laughs> it's like oh dang. At that moment in editing, I thought, all right, he's kind of dumb. <laughs> My bad. See, now you wonder why I wanted to play with the lines a little, you know? <laughs> you were you wanted to play with something, but I don't know about the lines. Oh, hey, what, what else? Say? Hello. <laughs> 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 this, this show's going real well. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's starting to go downhill pretty quickly with these guys. But we believe, believe me, we're now. all restraining ourselves too. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the bad part. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, I guess we're we're having actually a pretty good amount of listeners too. So oh, cool. Yeah, thanks for listening, whoever's listening. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing a couple of you guys before you guys called in, you listened too. So. But um yeah, so uh so that counts too, but you know. Uh but yeah, we've got a good amount of listeners, so I'm I'm glad everybody listening. If you guys if you guys wanna call in, I'm not sure if uh if you can or not, because no uh nobody else has has called in yet. <laughs> so and we've got five people, so but Yeah, but if anyone has any questions or something, otherwise we'll just start babbling about lonely nights in the cabin and I, I have a question. Yeah. I have a question for Jason. Oh, God. Jason lives about five minutes away from me. I wonder why I haven't been invited to any sort of barbecues that you were explaining how you throw all the time. Well, you know is, what? Is it's like an industry thing? Have I been outed? What's going on? Well, the thing is, yes, we do live apparently five minutes apart, and you told me that you play basketball at the court down the street from my house, and I sit there with a ball every night. Looking and lonely. You never, and you never show up. I'm like, maybe he'll show up tonight. Maybe tonight, and you know what? You haven't been there. Uh, you know what? It's bad lighting over there, so I figured that's, we could shoot somewhere else one night. That's that's why I figured you'd know I was there. If there's bad lighting, I'm probably around. <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> but you know what? You can come over. We'll have a barbecue. Now that I'm actually a certified barbecue judge, I'll yes. show you what's up. You're a certified barbecue judge? Yes, I am. I uh, I took a class, and now I am a, a sanctioned <laughs> and certified barbecue judge. <laughs> That's 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 funny. They actually have classes like they do. like a bartender school or kind of thing like kind judging of, school or you know you just learn how to judge contests and then you get to go and eat like a lot of really good meat. And that's mainly why I did it. <laughs> Jason is good meat. at that. Like, sounds like Jim's yeah. personal life. 
<laughs> I, I, yes, I'm good at eating the meat. And, uh, I, uh, I wanted That's to be called Your Honor. I wanted to creek. Is that it? And, and we won't talk about how Eric got the role in the murder game. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, so, um, so anyway, uh, you know, do you guys have any other technical stuff that you want to talk about, like as far as how to how to get these independent films like made or any kind of things that were kind of hard to deal with? Well, think, oh, go ahead, Eric. No, 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 go ahead. No, I think no matter what you do, you're always going to run into some obstacle that you didn't foresee. Like making movies isn't easy. Um, and making a good movie is definitely a lot harder. But, you know, if you have an idea, if you want to do something, I say by all means, like, you know, put your best foot forward and try to do it. You know, even if it's just shooting a short to get your feet wet and, you know, learning from your mistakes. But, you know, there's always going to be something that you don't foresee. Like, we thought weather was going to be an issue, and even though it wasn't, there were other problems, you know, like like Jim was saying when we did the whole car chase scene it had rained prior to that so the car got stuck in the mud it almost fell into the creek um, well, that's because brian can't drive so, yes, brian car. can't drive and i almost died that night thank you maybe that's why you don't come over for barbecues i don't invite people <laughs> over that try to kill me well yeah. and even like our one actress she didn't tell us she didn't have a driver's license and didn't know how to drive yeah, that was that was great. We go to we go to shoot the exterior scene during the day when all the cars are pulling up. Our only day scene, and we're actually losing light. So we're like, we got to shoot this. We got to go because um, Eric wanted footage of like twelve cars pulling up for some reason, and she couldn't park. The, I'm like, why can't you just park the car right there? And like, I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, she parks it right there, and it'll be in frame, and let's go. And then she's like, yeah, I don't have a license. She'd never <laughs> driven before. <laughs> and she had the script ahead of time. I mean, we really started pre-production on the film probably in... We started shooting April 27th of 2006. We started pre-production on it in November, or actually I think October was our first auditions in New York City. Mm-hmm. And and I, I mean, I think Jason and Jim have both said, I mean, even in here about that, it, it, we really can't complain about how smooth the shoot went. I mean, there was obstacles, but we got... It went pretty well. And I think, personally, a lot of that is because we really tried to hammer out a lot of the details ahead of time so that we didn't hit shooting and suddenly it was like, oh, what about this? And, oh, we didn't get a knife and, you know, oh, you know, things like that. I mean, because that can really get you. We cast, most of the people were cast in November. And then we really had to search for the Emily character, um, which I think when we talked on the Murder Game show... Um, Rob and, and had touched on they had trouble finding the stoners and Emily was that for us I mean she was just very hard to cast but I mean Jim we had you locked in when in, in November, December? Yeah something okay. like that it was it was later because uh, you had had issues finding an AD and uh, Todd had uh, known I've AD'd several features before and that's how we hooked up Oh you're right no Jim was actually we only got you a month before we started shooting I think Yeah it was a month before shooting yeah, our first day, our original AD dropped out, and then we found Jim, and um, and then he pulled Derek. So a month before shooting, we had that. But our cast was really locked in as of I think we had the second auditions in the city in February, and and we ended up getting getting our Melissa Rhodes to play Emily. But I mean, we really tried to get all our ducks in a row ahead of time. We had our locations um, way ahead of time. I mean, actually, the script was written for those locations because I knew I had them. 
which well, I think what you're saying. I mean, the beauty of it is if you're going to do something, the more you can do to prepare before you shoot, the better off you're going to be. Like if you're going to run into some sort of obstacle you didn't oh. foresee, but if you plan as much out as possible, like like we went and actually did some test shooting, you know, and some different lighting setups and whatnot. Like I would set up. I mean, like Eric and I talked ad nauseum about how he wanted the film to look. Of course, he said he wanted a touch of evil, and I told him to hire someone who could actually do that. But apparently, that wasn't in the budget, so I still had the job. <laughs> and you know, I set up some lights, and I was like, "This is how I think you want it to look, and how I would like to shoot it." You know, and then we just sat there and tweaked all night, you know, shooting different things and trying different things to get it to work. And then that made it so much easier when we actually went for the first day of shooting. You know, we knew what worked. We knew what we wanted to do. It made our setups quicker, and we could just move along. Yeah, and and the thing is, too, I mean, I have, I mean, I have a lot of trust in Jason, and we had talked about, like he said, so much ahead of time. It was like we were on the same page. I had met with Jim out at the cabin, and we went through the script, and, I, you know, we were on the same page of it. And uh, I think that actually helped a lot. And, again, I mean, working with people – that get along was a huge bonus for us. I mean, it's not a technical issue, but just you, you really can't hire a DP going, he's an amazing DP, but I hate him, you know, but but he's an amazing DP. I mean, I think you really got to get along, especially when you're shooting something in 15 days and you've got to get it done. Well, in the woods at night. You have to respect everyone's position, too. Like, it's easy, especially on a low-budget feature, for there to be 10 directors, you know, where one guy is the director, but everyone puts their two cents in, and then it just turns into a mess because the actors don't know who to listen to, and then there's, you know, arguing and whatnot. You know, Eric was the director, and he, he was actually, as a, not so much a first-time director because he's directed a short before, but this is his first feature, and he's in it, and he's in a considerable amount of the film. You know, it was a difficult task for him to, to undertake, but, you know, he did a good job with it. And, you know, being able to still be the director and direct the scenes and not, ha- you know, people weren't jumping in and being like, well, Eric's in this scene, so I will now direct this scene. And, you know, that's just sometimes I've been on sets where stuff like that happens and it just makes the film fall apart. Like everyone knew their job. Everyone was there to make a good movie and kind of respected what everyone else had to bring to the table. Yeah, and to Jim, honestly, I definitely, I think to Jim's credit goes, the fact that we worked very well because when I was in the scenes, he was my eyes and ears behind the camera, and he was very good at, you know, like after the scene, like, you know, he he knew, Jim, like, always knew when to contribute. When I was, like, after the scene was over, he'd be like, hey, come here, you know, I think this, I think that, and then we'd kind of confer. And it never got to a point, like Jason was saying, where you have three people going up to the actors and giving directions. I mean, I think we all worked especially me and Jim on the directing side of it, I think worked really well because he was much more than just a run-of-the-mill AD because when I was in the scene, he was, again, you know, behind the monitor watching for me. And I really definitely think that was a great experience for me. That's cool. That's cool. See, we could be serious. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, you guys are serious most of the time, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, we, crazy and awesome. We, 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 we like that fun. Stupidity. <laughs> Another thing that I could say for someone who's you know first time filmmaker or someone who's trying to make something on an <laughs> extreme low budget is you know like Eric did uh, you know if you know go with what you have you know shoot uh, shoot a horror movie in the wood was in the woods with a cabin if you know someone that owns woods and cabin you know don't write a film that's taking place in a shopping mall 
unless you know someone that owns a shopping mall and you can get in there. That's another thing that helps out a lot, too. Yeah, oh, is that, Eric, was that, is that what you were thinking when you were writing the movie? Like, like the, going around uh, stuff that you knew you could get? Well, actually, I wrote a script before this called Moonshine Curse, and it's actually based on some folklore from the Lickdale area. Um, actually, it's not some of its folklore, but I created a myth around um, the Blue-Eyed Six, which is a, a known thing that had happened in reality um, back in um, the 1800s, I thought it was. Yeah, I just worked on a doc about that, actually. Yeah, and I, I made up a myth about it, and I wrote this whole script with the cabin. And basically, when me and Jason were talking about shooting this first feature, um, he was like, you know, I really love the script, but I don't know that we can do it. And and it would have been, I think, a lot technically, and it was it was just a different animal. And I wrote, I sat down and said, all right, and I wrote the creek specifically for, ever. basically I sat down and said, okay, my friend owns a garage, my friend owns a car lot. Um, his dad and uncle own a cabin. I know we can do anything we want at. And I wrote this for those locations, like Jim was saying. I mean, because it was a use what you have. I mean, with our budget, I think our budget was much better spent um, with paying crew. I mean, no one got paid phenomenally, but they got paid. And and also our lighting. I mean, and that's the technical issue. If I had one thing to say to someone doing an, an indie film, I think that's one thing that's so overlooked with video especially is lighting. People just think, oh, you know, I don't need it or... Uh, lighting can make the difference between making it look like it might be a lot more than it is or it looks like video. And and I, I'm just a firm believer in that. And, and I think the lighting in it was really a big boost toward making it look more professional. Right. And makeup. I think that's the other thing a lot of people, from and it being from an actor's standpoint and being on a lot of independent sets where people figure actors will do their own makeup, it, it really gives it a whole other look. And Sandy Anderley did our, our makeup, and she did a phenomenal job with Tim. And even she did everyone else's just regular makeup. I think everyone looked great. She kept into the, you know, really did people up to enhance their characters. And, and I really think, like, those two things end up being overlooked a lot in independent film because people don't want to pay the money for it or, in some cases, don't have the money. And, and I can understand that. But... I basically wrote it for places I had so we could take any money we had and push it toward the things that we felt were more critical. That's, you know, I, I think I talked about that in the murder game, like how they, you know, how they kind of did that too. You know, if I, uh, kind of did around the stuff that Robert, you know, knew he could get. And I'm sure, Jason, I mean, you, you and Robert were both thinking about that, right? Like where you yeah. guys could get, you know, you guys knew you guys could get the... Um, uh, well, yeah, but that one, it was the location that spawned it all. We happened to go to that place for other reasons, to, you know, to, for, for business reasons. And then when we got there, we were like, well, we should totally do a movie here, just like off the cuff, you know, like, hey, it'd be cool to shoot something here. And they were like, well, you can if you want. Just make sure there's no blood when people come here in the morning because we're a business. And then that was the, okay, now we have to write something knowing we have this, you know. So it was the same, you know, approach where we had a place it looked cool. We knew it would be production value. We knew it was like, hopefully no one's seen a horror movie that takes place here, and let's now come up with the idea. You know, we went around it backwards. Right. So that's really cool. Like, that's that's a good way to go around it. I think, like, El Mariachi was made that way. Clerks was made that way. Yeah, if you don't have the money, you know. And also, sometimes I think it forces you to be a little bit more creative, where here's the movie, like The Creek, you know, 90% of it or 80% of it takes place in or outside of this cabin. So you don't have many locations, you know. 
So you're forced to try to, with what little you have, you know, keep it interesting and keep people from getting bored and keep the excitement going. You know, same thing with the murder game, where most of it takes place in the storage facility, and we talked, you know, about how we didn't want it to be boring and look like the same old hallways. So we tried to keep coming up with ideas or things to just keep it moving. And I think that forced us, you know, in that film and, and in the creek as well, to just, you know, be creative and try to just come up with new things and always keep it changing. Somebody playing like with their computer? There's a blacksmith in the background. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's here. <laughs> oh, okay. That's that's the uh, church bells ringing. No, gotcha. that's, that doesn't get annoying. I think the big thing with the creek. <laughs> I'm outside. On the people that were involved. I mean, we had like everyone has said. I think, and you can tell this from us talking. Like everyone got along. Everyone, I think, enjoyed each other's company and respected each other's positions. And I mean. We had some great people involved, even down to, you know, I mean, every position. Like, we had a, a girl named Jen Abbas, who was a PA, slash, um, helped with the food and, you know, and the catering and stuff. Uh, my brother, we actually did have a motorhome on set because my brother has one, and he came down, and, and shooting in the cabin, we had nowhere to put people. So we rented a spot across the creek at a campground and would shuttle them over there, but... You know, just having that was a huge benefit to us, and we, we kind of knew we needed something like that, so that helped. And, you know, we, we just, everyone in general, Derek, who, we, you know, we, we have fun with, but hello. But um, <laughs> seriously, Derek did an amazing job in the film. I mean, Chris, our sound guy, Neil, um, you know, he came from New Jersey. We got him through Craigslist, actually, and he did he did a great job as well and, and i think i think a lot of it was the people involved you know the actors were extremely what's the best word i mean this good to work Trusting. with <laughs> well no i mean i'm just trying to think like they were they were all very cooperative i mean and and let's be honest actors aren't always known to be that way especially at 3 in the morning when the, melissa and Catherine, i think for most of the shoot worked you know, Thursday like everybody else, and they would meet me, they'd take the train to Clifton, and then I would drive everyone back, um, the two actresses from New York and myself, and they'd be up all night as well, you know, so, I mean, it was, I think it was like everyone really was into the project, they really were happy, you know, enjoyed the project, enjoyed each other's company, and, and I think that, that made a huge difference in the end result. Right. And, I mean, I guess if, you know, it all comes down to the script, you know, usually. When you start actually really liking, you know, if you really like a script, you know, then you, uh, everybody wants to do it, you know, make it actually happen. You yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's part of it, but I think that's also the personalities involved. You know, I think everyone was in, most people, I think, were, were very into the project and the opportunity, but um, I think, again, it, it was also a personality thing. Like, there wasn't, we didn't have that anchor on the, the albatross on the set of that just was dragging it down. You know what I mean? Or the person that was just never happy. Like everyone chipped in. Everyone did what they could. And, and as people on low budget, I mean, everyone does a little bit of everything. I mean, there was a night or two that that uh, Chris Chris Evans, our, our lighting guy, just couldn't make it. And Jason, you know, was double duty the lighting. And, and then we had, you know, Jen was chipping in. Um, my nephew actually worked on the film some nights and. Jason had him running lights, and it, it was a good experience that way. So he was like Sasquatch Jr., or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, he tried to fill the Sasquatch shoes. 
Everyone on set got poison ivy, and no one was mad. Everyone just kind of took it as, like, that badge of honor. Like, yep, I got it now. It was almost yeah. like a game to see who could last the longest without getting it. I think Sasquatch lasted pretty long. Which is odd, because he wore shorts. And he was in the woods, but <laughs> it took forever for him to get it. But he got it pretty bad. You know, and everyone on our set really, I, I have to say, like, knew when to have fun and knew when to buckle down. I mean, like, like you said, even just now, I mean, we all can be serious and we'll do that. But, like, in between things, it was great because everyone knew, okay, we, we have a breather here and we could have fun. You know, I went back to the, our video village and um, Jim and Derek took it upon themselves to cut out underwear models, which were sometimes male, and tape them all around the monitor. That was purely a boost morale. <laughs> and it worked. I mean, you know, at three in the morning, you hit that point where you're like, "Kill me!" And I mean, we all had, but we knew like when you could have fun and when you couldn't. And no one did stuff when they shouldn't have, and and they should have been paying attention. And nothing, you know, they weren't. It was that we all got along and and had fun. So I mean, that unto itself, I mean, I think was a was a benefit to the movie. Right. And, um, uh, you know, that, that's the thing. I can tell you guys are really good friends and that you guys all love to joke around with each other. Um, and that's that's great because if you can have that kind of, you know, thing that makes everybody want to come back and work with each other again. Uh, definitely. Yeah. So does someone else have something going on? Because uh, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and everyone got abused on the set. I know poor Brian got it for the heights quite frequently. And his shirt, his Finding Nemo-looking shirt that he wore. <laughs> oh, man, that was ridiculous. I think you guys just tried to make me the the point of uh, emphasis. I took a lot of good-natured ribbing. Yeah, you were, you were good about it, though. That's all right. Yeah, everyone started calling Brian Nemo because of the white and uh, orange and white shirt. <laughs> and at six foot seven, Nemo, he is not. Not to mention you got me some Wrangler jeans to wear. Yeah, they were so tight. <laughs> Could barely walk around set. Yeah, when we were doing um, buying wardrobe for it, it was like Tim and Brian. Now Tim wasn't quite as bad, but well, Tim, you ended up wearing your own jeans, didn't you? You didn't like the yeah. ones we got you. Yeah, they were they were a little uh, tight in the crotch area. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they weren't. Maybe you're just big in the crotch area. Or yeah, we could go there, but we yeah, have, you have to go there. Something missing. <laughs> There's a lot of extra space in there now, if you know what I mean. <laughs> is there something missing? <laughs> no, no, nothing at all. <laughs> this is testicle. <laughs> <laughs> but, gentlemen, check your nuts for cancer. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a word from um, from Tim for the Cancer Society. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but Brian, Brian, Brian hated those pants. But try and get pants for I didn't. I actually had a new respect for Brian and his um, shopping woes because that was a son of a bee to try and find pants that would fit him. And the ones we found, we were happy with, but he was a little less than happy with. But I stuck it out for the good of the cause, you know? He took one hey, of the team. there you go. That was the, that, see, that was the reason why I almost crashed the car into the ditch, too. I couldn't really fit in there because I had a Volkswagen Jetta. I kind of, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't really dig the Jettas a lot. Those are kind of not made for... Uh, Average people of my size, I guess. Well, you just need, like, a bus. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but it was, I think, overall, everyone had a, had a good experience on it, and that, that definitely lent toward, I think, making the project turn out better. 
Um, Brian, were you? I, I just saw on the IMDb that you're on that you're in a failure to launch. Oh man, this guy does <laughs> his homework. He's in the, uh, huh? the adult version of that. It's actually a porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm hoping that's not an omen for my for my acting career. But yeah, I just had a. <laughs> Just had a minor part. It wasn't anything uh, too crazy. Just a few lines. Do you have lines. any lines in the movie, or? I have one line. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I haven't actually seen that because um, I guess I haven't had a girl that made me watch that. Because <laughs> <so. laughs> oh, <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah, it's not a kind of movie that. Well, now Brian's watch. your girl to make you watch it. <laughs> hey, if you got if you have Showtime, it's playing on Showtime right now. I think. I know. I days. almost watched it today. Um, but opted to watch something else instead. <laughs> it had already started, well, like, and I didn't, know how, early, or I didn't know how early you were into it. So I was Jason, like, <laughs> you remember you had testicles, so you decided not to? <laughs> well, actually, my girlfriend was like, we could watch Severance, and I was like, well, there you go. There's a horror film. Maybe I'll have to watch that instead. Sorry, Brian. Probably better Eric, use of your time. Eric, quit making fun of Tim like that. Oh, I'm sorry. If, if you can do me a favor, though, next time you leave the house, just put Showtime on, so maybe when it shows, it gets good ratings, and then I get a little <laughs> extra couple dollars every now and again. Yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll work on your residuals. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I was always about that too, like because I know that there's like a lot. Usually, a lot of people in a uh, a cast, you know, in credits or whatever. Do they really give like a like, couple dollar residuals to everybody who's was credited? Pretty much. Yeah, actually, I was I was surprised. I I kept getting checks. <laughs> apparently, I get them for life. They may be like fifteen cents in a few years, but apparently, they do come. A friend of mine was lucky enough to be in Rocky Five, and I know you're going to laugh and say Rocky Five, possibly the worst of the the Rockies. But since they keep re-releasing like the box set, he keeps getting checks. Oh, nice! They keep playing like all the Rocky movies on TBS, like every Fourth of July and whatnot. So he like actually gets like halfway decent checks for having two lines in the whole movie. He's like, hey, they just keep putting the box set out. He's like, fine by me. He's like, every time they put out a different version of it, I get another check. <laughs> Yeah, so is he going to be starting writing to people like in an anonymous name going, you know, can you make some more box sets? Come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah, we need a different version of that movie. You've got to put in more deleted. The director's cut. Yes. The Actually, director's you know, Brian, <laughs> Brian, you can probably expect some residuals. I saw Failure to Launch was actually coupled with How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days for Sale as a uh, buy one, get one free at Blockbuster. Oh, right. That was another classic. I don't know how many movies don't win awards. You're going to be my favorite chick flick night. <laughs> oh, man. I appreciate that. Can we barbecue during it? Sure can. <laughs> was that shot in, like, like where was that shot in? Like, that? Uh, my scene, my scene they, they shot all over, like, uh, Maryland, uh, D.C., uh, I think even in Delaware. My scene was actually shot in New Orleans, right on one of the lakes, probably about two months before Katrina. Well, tell everyone where what scene it is so they can look for you. Oh, it's the, uh, there actually is, it's a basketball scene, but it's kind of hard to pick up on because they're barely playing basketball. They actually deleted a lot of stuff. Um, it's actually the, I guess what you would call the narrative hook to the whole movie. Um, when he finds out that, uh, I guess he's, the girl he's dating was, it was all a setup by his parents, so. I pop up out of nowhere. If you blink, you miss me. It's about an hour and 15 minutes in or an hour in. Was I know, it's a, a long, long, long bit of wait. Say it again? 
was your one line in the movie actually cut, or was it? No, no, my line made it in, but there was a lot of, uh, we choreographed like three or four basketball plays that we videotaped like nonstop, like over and over again, but all that got cut out. But my line stayed in somehow. Because you're a natural. Apparently. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Uh, they, uh, I guess the the writers were probably like, you know what, that 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 line is crucial to the plot. Right. They I think uh, the fact that I threatened them after the after the shoot kind of made them stick it in. <laughs> okay. I think it didn't work on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, was there, uh, Eric, was there a lot of deleted scenes in uh, The Creek? No. <laughs> so <laughs> everything was pretty much stayed in? <laughs> no, we actually went through it. The original script was 95 pages, and I went through before. I knew we didn't have, I knew we had a very finite amount of time to shoot. I knew especially, you know, most indies are shooting 12, 14-hour days. But like we said, we really would get maybe, what was the maximum, guys, like eight hours a night? Yeah, something like that. Right around eight hours was about the maximum we got. So, I mean, I knew we didn't have time, so I went through and pretty much just gutted everything that I didn't think we needed. And I think I sent it back to Jason and Jim to look at and whatnot, and um, we really streamlined it. And it ended up cutting pretty much. There wasn't much to cut because, I mean, one time-wise, I really couldn't, but I mean, I kind of already trashed everything we didn't need, you know, because we just didn't have time to shoot things we weren't going to use. Yeah, because even prior to that, I think the original draft you sent me was even 20 pages longer. Yeah. And then it got whittled down and whittled down to, you know, what is necessary. You know, except for the shower scene being cut, I think that should have stayed in. Well, of course. But, but... you know, hey, that's my opinion. No, was it like a psycho shower scene or something? Or? No, it was just all the girls showering together. They were yeah. scared. That's what they do. And then there was another with all the guys showering. Because that's <laughs> what they do. That was the rap party. Oh, oh that's right. right. <laughs> and uh, we did videotape that, by the way. Now, we, um, we, it, was, it was, again, like kind of like we were saying about the preparation thing helps it go smoother. And it was the fact that we just knew there wasn't going to be time or the luxury to really take, like, those 20 pages that got cut, it just was stuff that, like, yeah, I mean, would it have been all right? I mean, I think one of the complaints I've gotten about the film, and it's not, like, consistently, but here and there, people are like, you know, I, I would have liked a little more in the beginning. Uh, I would have liked a little more, um, I would have liked a little more background on the characters. And, I mean, that was something that I would have loved to do, but there just wasn't time. On our budget and our schedule, there really wasn't time to really set much more up and, I kind of felt that, you know, you really didn't, it was more about them getting back together five years than it later than it was about the beginning. And, and you know, I mean, was it a mistake or not? I mean, we'll find out. But uh, overall, I think it still works. We just didn't have time for luxuries. Right. You had to shoot what you could and what, you know, what you had time for. Yeah, we we really cut it down to the bare bones of what we needed and then said, let's get this done in well, what we had. 15 and 18 day schedules but we tried to get it done in 15 and I think we ended up I, I held everyone for 18 but I was we set the schedule up for 15 and I think well, weren't we like didn't we do like 16 days I think we did 16 if you don't count the uh, the reshoot day so we yeah it was 16 days I think it was about the, or we did 16 and then wasn't the 17th day that night it rained and then every, between the rain we'd go out and just grab a few shots 
Yeah, actually, it was 17 days. We only grabbed a couple. I mean, that was like little pieces, like a shot of the wheels spinning, a shot of, you know, it was almost like all second unit. Yeah, is what we did the sixth, uh, the seventh, 17th night, and then the 18th night, um, we ended up having the cast party. So, And then we did go back and have one night of reshoots to just get some things that we ended up in cutting going, oh, crap. Like we yeah, but that was, we, we finished shooting in June, and the reshoot stuff wasn't until this time last year. It wasn't until, like, September, October. Yeah, it was late September, I think. Because we were worried about the leaves changing, but he had already, Eric had done a rough cut, and he was like, you know, just a couple little shots here and there. And actually, we notice it. I don't know if anyone else will notice it, but, you know, there's some things that are slightly different. Like, one of the actresses' hair is different. Like, you can see it in the scene, like, the couple shots we put in. Like, I think we pointed out in the commentary that her hair is a little different. And yeah. we didn't have the 5K, but, you know, they were tighter shots, so the lighting's a little different in the shots, you know. But it, it matches enough that you'll never notice. Yeah, I've never one. never had in any of the showings yet anyone mention it, surprisingly enough. But yet, We mentioned in the commentary, like, Jackass is going, hey, look, there, there. We did we it figure right we'll there. point it out before someone else does. <laughs> you might as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys did a commentary, or? Yeah. So, uh, so all that stuff's done, pretty much everything to get it ready. Eric is very, like, he was talking about preparation. He's very overly prepared for things. So, all of the, for when the DVD comes out, you know, provided he doesn't come up with any more ideas, I think he's pretty much covered everything that's going to be on it. Yeah, I already have cut, uh, behind the scenes, we had some cast interviews, we have, um, you know, the outtakes, uh, you know, all the, and then me and Jason, I drug him up here prematurely to do uh, uh, the commentary because I just wanted to have everything done because um, you never know. And then if someone knocks on the door and needs it in a, in a hurry, it's, all that stuff's done, it's color corrected and EQ'd so we can just, you know, get to work on the next film, which is what, you know, we're hoping to do. Cool, cool. Um... So, you know, so I'm glad that you guys got the commentary and stuff done. Um, but it's just you and Jason? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's we were, cool. We were going to try. I really wanted to get Jim and a couple of the actors involved, not Derek. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Derek, and things like that. But um, it just didn't work out to be able to do it. So, I mean, I mean, who knows? If, if we get distribution fairly soon and they want us to do some more, I mean, I'd gladly take it always do it. Yeah, it's always you can always throw on bonus commentary tracks. So yeah. You don't have to listen to us being like technical dorks <laughs> and just ribbing each other over over where where we screwed up. I think the whole commentary is just us making fun of Derek, if I'm not mistaken. That was the uh, interviews, I believe. Maybe you guys could cut this out and that was that was trim this what one. I cut out of the interviews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is actually the new commentary track. <laughs> Just you guys ripping each other. It doesn't even have anything to do with the movie itself. Just you guys. <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny. I, I would like, you know, I, I think what would be really funny is if you guys did, like, I could see you guys doing a Mystery Science Theater 3000 type, uh, you know, uh, commentary track where you guys just where you guys just kind of rip the movie apart or whatever, you know, just for fun. I've always wanted to do a commentary and order a pizza, like, when we start the commentary, and when the pizza guy comes to deliver it, have him then sit in on the commentary. So oh, that was already one. done, actually, but in a parody, in anyway. Oh, yes. Um, you guys got to watch this movie. There's a movie called, um, what is it, A Better Place? 
that uh, Vincent Pryor did. I've seen that, yeah. And in the movie, uh, in the commentary, there's a secret commentary track where they do drunken commentary. Mm-hmm. And in that, they go, uh, you know, there's like, where's the pizza? And one of the guys goes, uh, pizza guy. <laughs> and then they start, like, making fun of him, you know? <laughs> I think someone that's never even seen the movie to comment on it. Just be like, this is stupid. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> hey, fellas, sorry to interrupt, but i got to head out. Oh, right. no problem, Brian. Just wanted to say thanks in. for having me on. I appreciate Later it. On. Yeah, thank you for coming on, dude. No problem. Good luck and Godspeed, everybody. Say barbecue next time, all right? Oh, for sure, let me know. <laughs> got it. Take it easy, guys. Later, Later See ya. See ya. Crap, you know how much food I'm going to have to cook for a six-foot-seven guy? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need a Fred Flintstone sort of like barbecue. My question is, it's quarter after 12. Where is he heading out to? <laughs> to bed. <laughs> yeah, he's going to bed because he probably actually has to work in the morning. Oh. Unlike the rest Wait, didn't of he, wasn't he the one who said that he just woke up? Yeah. But he just drove he in from West Virginia. And he said he was asleep and then just woke up. <laughs> he's an enigma. He makes no sense. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess uh, that's why he got picked for failure to launch. <laughs> oh, listen to this. He's Damn, now you're joining in. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, you guys nice. started hanging out a while, you know, you got to, I guess, uh, start start ripping, uh, ripping on each other. Yeah, we rub off on people like mold. <laughs> <laughs> you just rub off on people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I used Derek. to, in, one of the coolest, uh, <laughs> guests I've had is, uh, you guys ever heard of a movie called Uchuchin from Outer Space? No, no the it, dog uh, has, apparently. It actually stars, uh, Lloyd Kaufman, yeah. Trent Haga, and a bunch of other people from, like, the trauma stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, the cool thing is, uh, those guys, the, the two right, uh, the, the writer and the director of it are brothers, and they're crazy. Like, they're <laughs> the craziest guests I've ever had on the show, like... Some of the stuff just almost doesn't even make sense sometimes where they talk. But it's great, you know. Wow, I, I, that's making me feel even like we've been holding back. Maybe yeah, and, uh, I've been trying to censor myself. Yeah, Jim, I'm really impressed because... I'm really, I'm really struggling. I'm just, you know, trying to be good. I'm starting <laughs> to wonder if this is the Jim that we know. <laughs> well, what, what did we decide we were going to try and keep it? What was it, Jim? Semi-professional? Yeah. So you guys had this all worked out before you came on the show? <laughs> yeah, we were a little concerned that, uh, you know, we might come off a little too too rowdy. Too, little too rowdy? Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, you know, I've been noticing some of the holdbacks on the cursing. Oh, yeah. You know. I'm just, uh, I'm just acting like my parents are in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're listening. Maybe Maybe they're one of the, one of the no. listeners. They're, they're out of the country. Oh, they can still listen if they yeah. got a computer. I don't think they they are. <laughs> <laughs> you never know who's listening. He just don't worry. Jim just likes to pretend his parents are in the room at all sorts of weird occasions. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it really has nothing to do with the show. <laughs> <laughs> we used to find him curled up in the fetal position frequently. On <laughs> just going, shh, my mom and dad are here. <laughs> That was actually freakier than the movie. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and Derek would stroke his hair and say, It's all right, big guy. It's all 
You're thinking of Nancy. <laughs> yeah, that was one of okay. So this is my last anecdotal account. One of the worst but funniest things that on I think that anyone said on set to me at least. I was talking to Jason. I'm standing beside Video Village. There's Jim and Derek. And me and Jason are right next to it, talking about setting up the shot, and and he's adjusting the camera, and and I'm looking to the side at the at the monitor and. Jim and Derek are just talking, you know, like about this or that, or the other thing, and I'm kind of half paying attention. And all of a sudden, as I'm watching, I hear out of the corner of my my ear, if that's possible, you know, Jim going, "Man, you know, I I heard that blonde's a real slut. She's banged everyone on set." And I hear this, and I look at the monitor, and I'm like, "What the hell are they talking about?" And I look, yeah, my wife is the only blonde that's sitting <laughs> in the camera, and I look at him, I go. Use a bunch of ads, and dude, they start laughing like girls. I thought I thought Derek was gonna piss himself. <laughs> he did. <laughs> well, it, she did sleep with one of the people on the set. I heard. Yeah. Uh, me. Tony. Tony. Oh, stop it! <laughs> Let's not get into that. Yeah, because then I'm gonna get a call tomorrow from Tony. Yeah, he'll start screaming at you. Tony donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and there it was. Actually, Jim, I was sharing a Jim story the other day. Oh, yeah? Uh, I was on another movie shoot, and we were talking about, I don't know, somehow bathroom etiquette came up. And, okay, <laughs> we're shooting. There was a bathroom in the cabin, and it was functional, but also a spider, like, the size of my head lived in it. So, you know. Oh, that was use, that crazy spider in yeah, there. Yeah, not many people used the bathroom, but also we're guys. We're shooting in the woods. To quote the movie, we like to water the trees. Yes. So we'd always just, you know, go pee in the woods. And I just remember this one time, Derek was just <laughs> standing next to a tree, going to the bathroom, actually minding his own business for once. And Jim, out of the entire forest, picks <laughs> the same tree. And doesn't just do the, like, unzip and pee. He does the old man drop your pants and drop your underwear pee. And it's just like, so anyway, I think in the next setup and just starts talking shop. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. She got that on videotape. No, no, it's best that we don't. <laughs> but those are the kind of, you know, we would have a long night. We'd be working pretty hard, and it was just like stupid little things like that would happen, and it kind of just, you know, kept you going. You know, Man. seeing Jim with his pants around his ankles, I guess. Kept me going. <laughs> yeah, I had to go. Hey, you gotta go when you gotta go. Yeah. My my nephew wasn't on set working every night, but he was there quite a few, usually till like midnight or something. And on the nights when he was there, the frequent comment from me was, "Dude, my nephew's right behind you." <laughs> and I think after oh, that, a while, my nephew just kind of got numb to it, and it was like you know. I would just apologize to him later, and I threw an extra 10 spot in his birthday card. <laughs> Eric, Eric, doesn't that remind you of the story of uh, the special effects guys and when I first learned what the shock was? <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that, that. That was so great. Yeah, you tell it. <laughs> Eric, you tell it. Sounds better when you tell it. <laughs> well, I don't, Jonathan, are you aware yeah. of, the, of the shocker? Uh, was it a movie? No. no. Yeah, what's yeah, Craven yeah, Shocker? Actually, it was a really bad movie. <laughs> no, there was there was um there's a hand gesture that's referred to as the Shocker, okay. and uh, I can't even tell the whole story because it's just too wrong. But 
<laughs> Tim, Tim just found out about what it was, and, and I've been aware of it for quite some time. And I was with one of our special... We had two guys that did great special effects, and they... I would say their name, but now they probably won't want to be associated with it, with this story. Um, no, they did an amazing job with the ghost effects and, and the CGI stuff. And they were on set the night that the, we did the van scene where it drives by and the ghost is in the window. Because mm-hmm. it was a more te- technical shock shot. And, and I mean, they're both really cool. And I, I just don't think they were prepared for Tim just to come up to me and the one special effects guy out of the complete blue. And he goes, hey, Eric, do you know what the shocker is? No, he said it right to the dude, I think. Yeah, I was like, dude. He, he said it right to the guy. both of us. You know what the shocker is. And they looked at me with blank stares, and I said, And I was like, yes, Tim, we know. And and he still said it. (laughs) Yeah, that was priceless. I think he really offended the other dude slightly. (laughs) Special effects dudes out there, I apologize. And I I felt bad. And again, he's really nice. I mean, it just was, Tim just was amazed with this newfound glory, and... And it was just so funny because when he said it, I go, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, I, we know what that is." And then the best part was, Tim after he does it goes, "All right, cool, see you later," and he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "It was nothing." Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was like, "He's like, all right, guys, cool, later." He just took <laughs> off. So now we had a lot of fun like that though on the on the set. I mean, just with you know, just being idiots, but. Well, you have to, or it's not going to be fun to make the movie. No, exactly. Right, especially because you're spending so much time with these people. You know, it's like you either love it or hate it. Yeah, exactly. And especially with doing, like, a thriller or... Like, that's what I call this, like, an independent thriller. It's not really... It's not like your typical horror movie, you know. No, we we definitely skirt the line. I mean, I, 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 always, I always throw out the thriller horror... I think it can go either way. It depends, because some people, it's a lot broader. Other people, if it's not, you know, blood and guts for a lot of it, it's not a horror film. But, I mean, you know, yeah, we, we, I, either way, I wouldn't be, you know, offended, obviously, with the description. I, I, I think we focused a little bit more on, you know, the relationship of the people than, like, most horror films would. And, and I, but I think it, that was kind of what makes it a little unique. I mean, because let's face it, five, you know, six kids in the woods getting killed isn't exactly, you know, not been done before. But I, I think that was our twist on it was more, it was a little bit more about these five people that, you know, six people that get back together five years later and and how how do you treat those people because, you know, at that point it's a no-holds-barred, you know. The people that didn't get along won't get along and the people that, you know, did still talk, but for the most part everyone lost touch. And it was kind of interesting to see that dynamic when they're brought back together by, you know, seeing the ghost of their friend who had passed five years earlier. And and that was kind of a little bit more of the focus. And we and we tried to take a mystery approach to it to some degree as well. Right. So it's like a mystery thriller horror. Said, yeah, like the one reviewer said, it's no Agatha Christie, but we didn't try and make it that either. Right. So. Um, and it was like the whodunit, you know, kind of uh, scream, you know, uh, Friday the 13th kind of, uh, I mean, I wouldn't even really call it a slasher movie exactly, you know. No. I mean, no. there's nobody really, like, slashing people, you know. It's just, 
you know. No, it's more like just people getting killed and kind of like who did it. There is a who did it or why, you know, are they getting killed type situation. Because, I mean, they first go out to the cabin to put their friend to rest because when they see him, nothing has happened. I mean, they're just seeing this ghost. So they figure they'll go put him to rest. And then when people start dying, and I'm starting to quote the tagline, um, they almost ask themselves. Um you know, but it's it's one of those situations where we we kind of played off on that, and yeah, I mean, I think, and I talked when we were talking earlier before the show, I, I had said the one reviewer said it's a mix between the Big Chill and the Grudge, and, right. and I kind of like that. I mean, I know I really didn't take that as a bad thing because I, I it was kind of like that with those people getting back together, and but then we had this the suspense thriller side of it, you know, so. And you were a big fan of those two movies, right? I yeah, I like them. You know, The Grudge is probably the only horror movie you've actually seen. Oh, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> Did Jim just laugh at me? <laughs> that was the running joke on set, in some degree, because like, I know Jim, you've seen a lot of like crazy horror. Oh yeah, like low budget and and everything. Jason knows practically every every one that's ever made, and yeah, I'm probably like, and Tim, you know a lot of horror. Well, I have a yeah. Quite an experience with the horror genre, yes. I would just say three out of four of us has probably seen Evil Dead. Yes. <laughs> Shall one in my food cellar? I saw half of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, the one but that like, you lived in. like we had talked before, I'm just I'm not that into like the like it's not that I'm not into it, but I didn't really want to set out to make something that was, you know, too over the top. I, I kind of, you know, even with the special effects, I kept saying to Jason because Jason and and to some degree. In retrospect, he was probably right, but um, he kept saying, more blood, more blood, you can't have enough blood. And, and and I really kind of wanted to try and keep it more on the realistic side so it wasn't like she gets, you know, someone gets caught or, or someone gets stabbed and, and there's just blood shooting everywhere. Like, I really wanted it to be more of that realistic to keep in line with, with more of, of a thriller, you know, instead of a slasher and, and just, go, like, blatant gore. A lot of movies these days uh, tend to do the blood, like, spurting out and the fakeness, you know, of, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like, if most of you guys have seen, like, Freddy vs. Jason or things like that, but uh, when Jason, like, hits people with the uh, with the machete and all of a sudden their, like, blood is just, like, spraying everywhere. And it's well, like, <laughs> I'll admit it, I worked on a movie where whenever someone got cut or hit or shot, the the AD would just yell, blood geyser, and there'd be this giant geyser of blood that would, like, spurt out. <laughs> and I, in, in my defense, though, I wasn't saying that there should be blood geysers all over the creek, but it was more, I had learned from before, where we had shot some things and we put what we thought was a realistic amount of blood, you know, for whatever the wound was that someone received, and then once we cut it all together since it went by so quickly, we're like, oh, wow, that looks like nothing, you know. So I was my mind frame was like, well, you throw more in, because when you cut it up and edit it into the film, you can always cut out those shots, but it's best to, like, have them. And I know in one of the deaths in the creek, I shot, I rolled a few times when Eric actually didn't call action, you know, and I was just like, well, you have it if you need it. Like, here's some pieces if you need some extra, you know, mayhem. I don't know if you ended I think you used one shot. I don't think you used much of it. I think I did. But, I mean, and again, I think, too, though, I mean, and it's not like I was standing there being the blood police either going, no, 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 no. But, I mean, 
we just really we were I was shooting personally for more of a realistic look and and I think usually though and you can ask Jim and Jason and get their opinion but I think personally I went into this and I I said to everybody I go this is my first feature I in no way know everything and you know I'm in for input and I thought it was a very collaborative set Oh, definitely. I didn't mean to give that opinion earlier when I said, you know, everyone had their their position. It was very collaborative, and actually Eric was very open to hear other people's opinions. I mean... And then to tell him it was crap. Right. It was pretty much what you'd do is you'd say, I, I appreciate the fact that you told me your opinion, but you don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down and let the real men make this movie. Let like Eric give you a massage. <laughs> No, I, I think, you know, I mean, everyone, I, I, I really personally, and I, I hope I achieved it, tried to approach everything from a, a point of view of surrounding myself with people that knew more than I did in what they did and then kind of trusting that they knew. And I learned more on that film working with Jason and Jim and, and you know, Chris and, well, Sasquatch so people can follow the, the trail. Um, you know, I learned so much more from them. I mean, just because it was things that, as you go, it was like, oh, okay, you know, and some of the setups Jason did, I mean, there was, I actually, um, Nancy, who played Elise, is a graphic designer, and and I did a rough stick person storyboard and gave it to her, and God love her, she deciphered it into an actual storyboard, and we printed them out and had them, I even gave them to actors, just so they had an idea of the scene, what we were looking for. And and there's more more than a few scenes where Jason, you know, in the environment, saw something and said, "Dude, check out the shot." You know, I really, you know, what do you think? And we would on the fly, you know, change change the shot slightly or you know go with something a little different. And, and I mean, that was part of the fun of it too. Hmm. Somebody tap Jim. dancing back there? I know it's Jim. <laughs> I'm just getting some cottage cheese out. That's all. <laughs> Good, you need your calcium. Out of where? Out of the fridge. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, I want to go back. Uh, you know, you guys had said earlier that this was kind of like, you know, Evil Dead, like the cabin in the woods and whatnot. And, um, you know, Eric, are you going to eventually try to watch Evil Dead? Because for all those people that are listening, he has don't to know out with us too much on this phone. Eric has never seen Evil Dead. I've seen first, half of it. And when he first got in touch with me and told me the plot for the creek, I said, "Oh, well, we should." You know, I was trying to give him some movies. I thought he should watch because, like he said, he doesn't, he hasn't seen, you know, a ton of horror films. So I was like, well, "Let me think of some Cabin in the Woods horror films." And I said, "Of course, you've seen Evil Dead." And he said, "No, it scares me." He's seen half of it, and I told him I wouldn't work on the movie unless he watched Evil Dead. I think I even told you you could watch one or two. I didn't care which one you watched. I watched the second one now. Yeah, well, I guess you shouldn't watch Army of Darkness, considering that doesn't have to really do with the woods at all, like the cabin at all. That's the one I saw, Army of Darkness. Mm -hmm. I have gone an extra mile, and I have seen it in a well-lit room. But see, see, Army of Darkness isn't scary. It's funny. Yeah, I know. I like that part of it. (laughs) <laughs> I like the fact that the evil lady wasn't like freaking out possessed because that didn't scare me there. I should well, have taken you to see Evil Dead the musical, and you would have been all right. <laughs> I, I've had um, somebody who worked on uh, Evil Dead on my show before. I've had uh, Josh Becker. Okay. 
who uh, did Thou Shall Not Kill Except. And, yeah, I got that. Uh, God, that was great to see Sam Raimi play uh, Charles <laughs> Manson. He would dread. Yeah, he's actually, like, I heard in the commentary that he was that it, he was voted the worst actor uh, played by a director. Done <laughs> <laughs> by a director. He, he got that for that role. But, you know, that movie was... So cheesy and corny. Of course, he's going to do that for being over the top. Oh yeah, it was great. It was great for what it was. Yeah. So I had him on my show, and I'm actually uh, in the works of getting Scott Spiegel on my show, who did, who co-wrote Evil Dead Two. Yes. Um, actually, somebody I know is uh, working with him right now, like personally. So well, you should have talked to him about it, and he wants show, to come on my show. When that show airs. Have Eric call in and apologize for never seeing the Evil Dead movies. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I made a Cabin in the Woods horror film and I've never watched Evil Dead. Well, Evil Corby Dead Gorgon. 2 is one of the creepiest, you know, but it's also one of the. It's also really funny, Eric. It it's got funny. a lot of humor and it's got a lot of. Um, Look, you know. Eric, next time we hang out, we'll watch it with the lights on and Nancy will hold your hand. <laughs> Or and Derek, that, Derek we'll watch Failure to Launch, which is probably scarier. But with the lights on, I'll be able to see that you're naked. Well, <laughs> that's half the point. And that's going to freak me out, man. Yeah, that, that, might, that might be a scary thought right there. But. <laughs> yeah, that's an idea, though, Jason. We could temper it, maybe watch 15 minutes of Evil Dead and then 15 minutes of Failure to Launch. <laughs> we'll just tell you, back and Failure forth. to Launch, you know, that's going to be scarier. Like, maybe you guys could have, like, the TVs, like, right next to each other. <laughs> and just, like, pause, you know, go to the next one, and then just keep watching it that way. Whatever, you're calling up and you're telling Scott that you're sorry you've never watched it. <laughs> and then he'll say, what the hell's the creek? <laughs> and then you guys will be even. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that was a pretty low... Right only there. because the creek is only playing in festivals right now and it hasn't reached worldwide distribution yet. Oh, but when it does, you know, you know, Scott will be banging on your door, going, you know, <laughs> we need to make the creek too, and I'll help you out. Well, I, actually, speaking of the scary cabin, though, our our one spec, um, Sandy Anderley did all our makeup effects, and she did a lot of the the general effects, and she did the stab wounds and stuff. But we ended up getting. Uh, a guy from, I think he's in Brooklyn, it's Spat, uh, Errol Octon, um, but his goes by Spat Cave Productions, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And he we called him in just to do the act scene where we have that scene. I don't want to give away too much, but <coughs> that was more extensive. So we had him come in, and he drove all the way from New York, came down just to do that scene. So we gave him directions, and he got there. It wasn't even that late. Um, Because we shot, remember we were shooting the jib shot? Right. And he came during that. So, I mean, it was probably like 1030, something like that. And the cabin, you turned off the main road and came down this long lane and then came back and then you looped around the cabin and you pull in. And he pulls in and he goes, dude, what is going on in the woods? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, are you shooting down there? And I go, no. And he's like, I just saw some people in costumes like run right in front of my car. And I go, what kind of costumes? I think the one was like a skull. I don't know what it was. But he was like freaked out. He's like, dude, I don't know how this movie's going to turn out, but it should be scary because this is the scariest freaking cabin I've ever been at. (laughs) (laughs) This is coming from a very large man from Brooklyn who brought a dog the size of a gerbil with him. (laughs) 
named Princess, I think it was. Yeah. And that was awesome. And he was really cool, but, I mean, the cabin where it's located is, like, it's funny because it's not that, it's really, like, a mile and a half from Route 81, but, like, it seems like you're in the middle of nowhere. There is, like, a creepy house or two across the creek from you, but other than that, it feels like you're just isolated. And then, plus, you drive past, what, that kennel of, were they Dalmatians or? <laughs> no, they were uh, Dobermans or Wawa. We're driving. Yeah, Rock We're doing a location scout, which is pretty much not a location scout. It's this is where we're shooting. We don't have any other options, so let's look at it. So we drive down there, and there's the one house that's like off the lane has all these cages for it's like a, a Rottweiler kennel. And I just like turned to Eric, and I'm like, "You think that's going to be a problem?" And he's like, "Eh, I don't know." And actually, Neil didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, our sound guy, they only really barked that one night, and we're doing this whole scene where there's dialogue and whatnot, and you can still, I think you can still hear a little bit of the dogs in the scene, and our sound guy was really, he's picking that up, and he's like, yeah, but I kind of like it. <laughs> Natural. <laughs> hey, you guys sound like you got this under control. I think I'm going to make like a baby and head out. All right. Oh, yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All of them. you. What? Thanks for coming on. Thanks yeah, for coming hey. on, dude. Not a problem. My pleasure. We'll see you guys later. Later. All right. Um, well, so any other, like, I mean, so I guess you guys had a lot of good stories. and Are a lot of these in the actual commentary or... Uh, I don't even remember what the hell we were saying in the commentary. All I know is that my girlfriend was there when we were doing the commentary, and she told me on the car ride home, she's like, do people listen to those? Because it's kind of just, like, boring. It's just you guys telling stories about what happened. <laughs> and I was, she's like, but it seemed a lot funnier to you guys. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. It does. <laughs> well, before we wrap it up, I have one more. Just one more, and that was the best thing ever from a sound guy. And that's when we were we were shooting the garage scene. Um, Jason didn't want to go with the fluorescence. I was kind of leaning that way for time reasons and and just because I was like, yeah, you know, and we're debating it, and, and we were debating hearing a hum off of them, which, you know, clearly there was going to be some because they're fluorescence. And Jason looks, looks at Neil, and he goes, or, or, or Jim, I don't know, you can correct me, but someone goes, looks at Neil and goes, are you hearing that? And he goes, eh, I've heard worse, <laughs> which, which was just completely ridiculous because who knows what his worst was. <laughs> it was that was a tough night because we I think that was our biggest page night. I think that was our nine page night. Whatever he has every character. This is for all you aspiring filmmakers out there. No matter how many characters you have in your script, don't make them all converge in one scene and talk to each other for like six yeah. pages because it stinks to shoot, and it's horrible. Um, <laughs> but the scene works out really well. But it, they all meet up in the garage, because they've all seen the ghost. Like, oh, my God, I saw him. You saw him? Yeah, well, cool. Uh, you know, and then Brian hits on his sister, and, you know, it gets awkward from there. Awesome. And then, uh, yeah, Eric, we walk in there, and he's like, oh, I don't know, it's a lot of coverage, a lot of this. He was just worried it was going to take a long time to set up. He's like, let's just go with the lights that are in here. And it looks horrible. And I actually told Neil, I don't know if I told you this, I told him, before you asked them that, I was like, tell him that you, it sounds really bad and you can't shoot with it. Because I wanted him, even if it was a lie, even if he couldn't hear it, I wanted him to lie to you and say he could hear it See, so that I could have a chance. coming out. So I could relight the whole 
place. But I did tell you, I said, if I can't get it lit in, I think it was like 45 minutes, you can shoot with the fluorescence and I'll I'll suck it up and go with it. Huh. I didn't know you sabotaged it. Oh, I totally did. I did tell him you tell him it's horrible. But then, then he he was honest though. He's like, I hear it, you know. But <laughs> and he's like, I heard worse. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so did you ever film underneath like planes landing? Is that the worst? <laughs> you know. But yeah, no. Neil did it. Neil did a good job. And he Neil was, did a great job. But he always had that like look on his face. It was like, I'm finding the story funny because I can picture him like with his head cocked, being like, eh, I've heard worse. <laughs> Yeah, Neil was very, he approached everything from an extremely um, calm state. I don't think I ever saw Neil worked up at all. Nah. You know, he'd laugh slightly here and there, but that was it. He was either. Overall, I mean, I guess, because I'm thinking we're wrapping this up here. So, like, final thoughts, I guess, from everybody. But, um, you know, it was a great time. I think I'm proud of what we have. I mean, I know... And, and I say this to everyone. I mean, we didn't make an Oscar film, but we didn't set out to. And I think, I think we actually made something better than what I hoped we'd end up with. So, you know, and plus we all had fun. And that's the most most important part, right? Well, the most important it, part like... is distribution. But, <laughs> but that's getting it, you know. getting it out there for people to see. A close second is enjoying yourself while you do it. Yeah, actually, if you if. If if you get distribution and can pay off the the loan, then enjoying yourself was the biggest thing. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean it is though. It's it's all it actually is about having fun and being creative and getting away, you know, and and doing something with with people that you can collaborate and learn from and and really take something from. And 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 I think in independent film a lot of times it's over crew in general's overlooked as well. Like I think we shot on a very low budget for what we tackled and I know there's people out there and I'm in no way knocking it but that are gonna shoot a feature for half or less than what we did. And I think like we filled the critical crew positions that we had to do. And actually I think we were short one or two and not because it's luxury because I think it would have helped the film itself if we would have had those positions. It gets it gets difficult and, and I think like the work what you're trying to create suffers to such a degree that like it's almost not worth it, you know? Right. You're gonna look back and say we spent all this time and it's not it didn't you know, it could have been better with a lighting guy or if we would have got a, at least a small package for lighting package, you know. And, and, and it's hard. I did say small package. But it's hard, and that's what me and my wife, who co-produced, you know, executive produced the movie, sat down and said, how much money do we need to have this person or, you know, to get this person? And the truth is a lot of people will work on something for free for you. I mean, geez, Derek worked for basically gas money. Yeah. But it's all we had, and he was he was great. I mean, I, Derek was terrific, and not just, you know, the devil, but, I mean, he did a great job, and... That was awesome. Sasquatch worked for gas money, you know, which was amazing. But, like, that's, a, you know, those are both people that the second film, you can't give them gas money. You know, you got to pay them because they did you a major solid on the first one. But that's the things you can do, though, when you do a first film, you know, and you, you can kind of, you know, plead to people's 
want to be creative and, and get them to help you out and, and, and really give their time, which is worth much more than what you can give them. Right, right. Um, wow, so that's, you know, and, and yeah, that's a, that's the thing. When you, when you don't have that much money, you know, um, you have to find the people who actually don't mind doing this stuff when they can, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, uh, trying to, you know, because I'm trying to get back into acting, but, you know, I've got a day job that I work mm-hmm. like 12 hours a day, usually. You know, I only get two days off. And so I don't really get um, I don't really get much time, you know. And then I'd have to take off work to do that, and you know, it'd be easier if somebody could pay me whatever just to be able to do that. But some people can't. You yeah. Know? And that's so. and that's the thing with like the people we worked with. Some of them were just like that hungry to do something, to collaborate, to do a feature. Because there is something, and I think Jason can tell you, and Jim that. There's something different between doing a feature and doing like a short form, like or even a commercial or an industrial. I think there's something more satisfying about a feature and spending 18 days or 15 days with the same group of people and kind of seeing something that big through. But I mean, you can ask them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, features are fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean they're they're fun to work on because at least you get a, a working relationship. I mean, I do a lot of commercials. And I work with the same people, but it's still like it's a one-day, a two-day job maybe at most. But when you work on a feature, you know, you get more into a groove with everyone. And then I think also people are more excited to work on a feature because it's something that has the potential of being seen. You know, it's like if you work on a short, there aren't many outlets for short films outside of festivals and, you know, the occasional like sci-fi channel or, or something like that when they run some shorts. But when you do a feature, you know, that's something that has the potential of getting, you know, into people's homes and for people to see, and then you can be part of something that, you know, is a lot bigger. So I think that's part of the draw. Right. And, yeah, and uh, did you guys ever think, like, to try to raise money, you might have, like, uh, done, like, a pilot or a short film version of it just to try to, you know, get people, investors interested? Well, that was the original talk. I know Eric originally had talked about it, because you wrote it as a short. If I remember, because you wrote This and Moonshine Curse as a short, and then, I don't know whether I was smart or not, I imparted some wisdom that actually Bruce Campbell said to me, because I had made a short film, and I met Bruce Campbell at a horror convention, and I gave him a t-shirt for the short film, and he goes, what's this for? And I said, oh, it's for the short film I made. And he laughed, and he said, there's no money in shorts, kid. Stop doing them. <laughs> and, you know, it's like when I was talking to Eric, you know, like I joke about it, but I was like, I guess here's, you know, we could make a really good short for, you know, X amount of dollars or, you know, we both have, you know, especially Eric, you have the experience, you have the skills. Why don't you try to, you know, tackle it as a feature instead of making a short, passing it around and hoping you get the money and you know yeah a lot of times maybe it does work out and maybe if he had made it as a short he would have gotten a much larger budget for it and it wouldn't have been coming out of his own pocket but you know i think there's also something to be said for the fact that he was able to write produce, direct act edit you know a film and a feature-length film and get it out there and get it into festivals and you know have it be as professional as it is for all of those cards basically being stacked against him 
So how uh, you know? Um, I don't think we really discussed too much, but how you know? I know you said you uh, you and your wife uh, self financed the movie as much as you could, but like only one little like investor. But like, how did you get that? Just saving up, or um, it was actually like to some degree was was just fortunate that we purchased a home a few years ago in the northern New Jersey area, which during the boom we caught in the middle so it still went up some and we basically just went on the hook for it and and got a uh basically we took a loan out against our house to do it wow. so please watch this movie buy this movie because otherwise eric's going to be living on my couch <laughs> <laughs> you know but and and we discussed ahead of time like what can we afford like what you know, with interest rates, with this, with that, I mean, you know, if we mortgage our house, like, can we afford this? And, I mean, you know, we weren't, we didn't just go out and say, actually, the bank wanted to give us a lot more than we wanted, but we knew, like, okay, well, this is going to take time, you know, in post-production and then to get distribution, you know, will we be able to pay these payments? And and we kind of gauged it off of there, and then I did two budgets and basically just shot for the middle, and we came in, a couple grand, like two grand underneath the, the the higher budget, which is pretty much where I wanted to be. You know, right. so it just we that's the way we approached it. We could have Jason Jason talking to me about the short thing was it was a big influence on doing the feature, and I already like he said did a did a short, and and I also um, Rob from the Murder Game had talked to him prior, and he he had the point too of saying basically he agreed with Jason. And also said that you know, if you do the short, you're really doing about eighty percent of the work to do the feature. You know that you'd have to do for the feature. I mean, granted, the feature's a lot longer, but you're still doing the casting, you're still doing the prep, you're still you know you have the locations for it. You know, and it, and in in talking to him and Jason, it, it kind of really started to come around. Like, yeah, okay, we're looking at a lot more money to do this, but. You know we're right. We're we're already seventy percent there. So why not just not get sleep for six weeks and do it? Well, I just actually wanted another feature on my list of credits. You know, <laughs> that's you, you just want a resume. Yeah, it's, I it was strictly for the real, not for the meal. I was like, yeah, I just I just want feature listed on there. So thanks, Eric. No problem, buddy. <laughs> I'll save your sofa for us. No, but I mean that's that's where it really where it came from, and it, and it doesn't make sense. And there's nothing, I mean, and I think a big part of it too is that I already did a short. Like I, I had the fundamentals down from the short, you know, and I could have done ten more shorts. But to be honest, it's like I I think it was much better. It was a much better decision to do the feature and either you know you take the gamble. I mean. I think I think Rob had said to me, I, I believe it was, unless Jason can correct me, but at some point he's like, dude, sooner or later you got to put up. You know, you either make the leap or you don't. And and I think he was right. And for me, time-wise, just at this point in our lives, it worked out that, like, it was better to do it now because, you know, we can. Where once you start getting older and you, you get a few rugrats running around or something, I mean, you can't really do this as much on a budget like we have and, and you know, use every ounce of your vacation day for that year, you know, over this to do something like this. Right. Little, little Jimmy will have a soccer game you'll miss, and then you'll be upset, and, you know, and that leads to alcoholism. And, you know. 
Next I, I was just thinking you might as well bring him into the movie. <laughs> he was actually the little kid on, on the ATV that was Eric's bastard child that he didn't want us to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm letting it all out. You have a bastard wood child. Oh. He lives in the woods. I You've abandoned I, him. I had sex with a wood nymph once, and, well... <laughs> He and she got in the class. ATV, not me, because I said no. <laughs> huh. I said, you're half wood nymph. Why do you need an ATV? Because he's only half. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that's where the, that's where the it all came it came from in that respect. It was like, you know, that's why we did it. But, I mean, shorts are great, and don't get me wrong. Like, you know, especially, like, this wasn't something that as a short was better. I think there's a lot of stuff like documentaries and and a lot of things like that that really are sh- are short makes more sense you know and and if you have you know I don't know so you got $5000 to do something you, you're probably better off to take that 5 grand and make a kick ass short and be able to throw that money into it you know and and get a lighting package get this and that and really you know dive in and and do something as best you can with resources than to say do a feature which you really don't have the resources to do a feature with that much money in my opinion there's other people though that have shot stuff for far less and it's you know and it's playing in festivals too so you know that's just my opinion I, I love how uh, Jason you're the one who said about the Bruce Campbell thing right mm-hmm. yeah um, I love how you mentioned that because um, I had uh, you know I had known that that's how they raised Thou Shall Not Kill Except is they did a you know, thirty minute pilot called Strikers War. Yeah, they did. And same thing with Saw. They did it as like an eight minute short. Yeah, with uh Evil Evil Dead they did that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So with uh Within the Woods, you know. Right. And so they, they do these like shorts or whatever and then they, they raise up their money you know, that way. Well, I think um, that was also a different time though. Yeah, it worked more back in the day, I believe. Well, uh, Josh Becker said that, um, you know, in his, you know, in his book he describes how to um, find funding, but uh, the thing he always says is guilt. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just guilt your pa- guilt your parents and family and to and friends into giving you money. I've been guilting my family for thirty years. <laughs> it's about time I stop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? Uh, uh, no, I mean, there's money to be found out there. I think you could still make a really good short or a trailer or some sort of investment piece. Like, you know, like I said, the most recent one I can think of was the first Saw film. If you get the, like, the unrated DVD has their short film on it, and they sent that out, like, with the script. Like, this is what we want to do. This is what we're trying to do. And, you know, they got their budget for it. They got the money. They were able to make the film. But, you know, it's also in this day and age where pretty much anyone can get a camera and an editing system and make a movie, you know, I think it's a little harder for you to either find the money because there's so many other people out there, or I think some of these companies, you know, are less willing to give up the money because they don't know who you are. They've got, you know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry, unless you have some, you know, movie idea like Saw where they think that they can make, you know, an entire franchise out of it and make, you know, oodles of money off of it, you know, the chances of you getting, you know, a much bigger budget, I think, are just kind of slim. I'm not saying don't go for it, but, you know, like Eric had the chance where he could have made a really good short or he actually, you know, had enough money to make a feature, you know, not, you know, a Hollywood blockbuster budget feature, but, you know, something that still, I think, 
stands up for itself and you know has a, a production value to it. So yeah, it's a tough exactly. decision. Don't get me wrong. When I we debated it, uh, me me and my wife sat down and talked, and then we decided to come back a week later, like think about it and come back. And it was a very hard decision because, like you said, I mean, you know, if you have the money to throw into a feet into a short and 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 want to do that, I mean, I, I don't. And the thing is, who says the feature is going to pay off? Because to be honest, and like I said, I already did my short. Like I did a short that I was happy with and I liked, and I and I kind of cut my teeth on that. And if you've never done anything, like you've never done a short, you've never cut anything that's that. I mean, I never cut anything that long, but I have been editing for a while. Um, nothing major though, and nothing like this. I mean, I there were hurdles in this. I didn't even know I was going to hit, but. I wouldn't recommend doing what I did if you never did a short. I mean, I think everyone should do a short, you know, and maybe depending how your short turns out or how happy you are with it, maybe a couple. But, you know, I mean, I just went with the feature because it's like I did that and it seemed like the logical next step for for us. But, I mean, it was a hard decision because, again, I feel if you're going to do a feature, I personally, in my opinion, we're ultra low budget at what we shot. But then again... You know everyone's opinion on that, so there is no dictionary definition of that. I don't think. No, it's a bigger gamble. I mean, with a short, you know, even if you spent five grand, you know, you lose five grand if it, you know, nothing comes of it. You do a feature, you know, even if you're still low budget, you're still losing, you know, considerably more. You're putting more on the line. You know, it's, it's a much bigger matzo ball. Yeah. You know, out there, and you know, and and the and the friends and family and the guilt thing. You can do that, but I like personally. We just didn't want to go that way because I was like, I have, a, I had some people. I, I really believe I probably wouldn't have had the guilt, but I just really felt strongly that again, if if I'm going to do this and and I make a flaming piece of shit, well then I'm going to take the fall for it. And you know, luckily I don't think we did, and five festivals don't think we did, and and that's awesome. So hopefully now like. The one thing is we did a feature. We showed we can do a feature, and now I wouldn't be scared to get investors. I mean, that's kind of the point of this film is to then either get industry attention and or private investors and have, and basically be able to say to them, look, we did this movie for dirt, basically. You know, what do you think we can do with, you know, $100,000, $300,000 shooting HD with lenses? Like, what do you think we can do? Yeah, and I mean, it's still... The point. Yeah, it's still an imba- like if you do the the short and use that as a marketing tool. I mean, Eric basically did the same thing, but on a grander scale, where he's like, "Here's a feature." I mean, you know, he's like, "I made this feature. This is what I did with this little money." You know, so like he said, imagine what would happen if you gave me even just you know twice that money or ten times that money. You know, what I could do because this is what I did with nothing. You know, and it's I think you know ideally people will recognize that, like, people will see the talent, like, hey, he didn't have anything, and he made this, let's, let's take a gamble and give this guy 200 grand and see what he can do, you know, because for some of these companies, that's nothing, and if it doesn't do anything, it's a write-off, so they still don't lose money, you know, so it's the same idea as doing a short, almost, but I think it shows a little bit more, it shows, like, look, I can do this, you know, give me my shot. Right. I mean, you know, if they if they make it on a really, really low budget, then, you know, what can they do on a bigger budget? Exactly. So. Or even it could be, it could come to the point where they call him up and ask him to reshoot the creek. You know, they could be like, hey, it was a really cool idea. 
we really liked your movie, but you know what? We want you to, you know, hire a DP that actually knows what he's doing. Here's, you know, a million dollars. Let's make this movie the real way. And then, you know, we can all say we knew Eric when, and, you know, he can be the sellout hack that, you know, we all hate in the horror world. And <laughs> we'll, we'll see him at, you know, a convention signing autographs. I'm liking these scenarios, but I really don't think they're going to happen. <laughs> but thanks anyway. And, and then and then one of the uh, producers is going to be like, so have you seen Evil Dead? And, and, and then I'm going to lose the deal. That's what's going to happen. That's when you're going to get shit canned. Actually, and I think Jim will agree with me on this. I think I know what's going to happen, and that is someone's going to come in and go, does anyone know Derek Roden? Because I got a deal for him. I just saw him in a music video. They're going to say, you know, I was really watching the soap on the side of the sink, and I, I noticed the continuity guy did an excellent job of keeping track of where that soap was, and I want to hire that guy. And I think it's going to be a big break for Derek. Yeah, it's all in the photos he took. <laughs> the continuity photos are phenomenal. Oh. Yeah. But, yeah, I That's mean, it's there's different approaches, though. I mean, and everyone... and in, and I think in this business, a lot of it, unfortunately, to some degree, is like right place, right time, you know. And and I think and I think Jim and 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 Jason would agree that, excuse me, there is that like you got to do it because you love it. I've met a lot of people in the business and acting and other things that do it because they of other reasons, whatever the reasons or other reasons. You got to do it because you love it. I mean, I know Jim likes to do, you, he does shorts on the side and documentaries. Some yep. really cool stuff. Yeah. That there, there you go, Jim. Tell him some of your documentaries. <laughs> oh well, no. I mean, I shoot. Uh, I do a lot of freelance stuff, but then I also do my own films that you know I never make any money off of. But uh, you know, that's what I like to do. I do a lot of short films. I do a lot of my own. You know, I'm working on several documentary features right now. But you know, I do it because I love it. If I make money, great. If I don't. As long as I didn't lose that much, that's all I care. Um, I think I got into a debate with Robert um, about, you know, I was, I was going to do, uh, I'm, I'm working on doing, a, eventually doing like a big feature called Scavenger. And it's right. going to be like a slasher movie set in the woods, obviously, and, uh, you know, during a scavenger hunt or whatever. That's cool. I mean, and you've seen Evil Dead, so you should be good at this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it won't have a cabin. Uh, it might have better. a shack, though. See, these shacks are... Would have a shanty? <laughs> well, I was debating a shack, because I don't know, there might be a torture scene, because Hollywood loves torture movies. No, they're huge right now. Yeah, they're, they're huge right now with Hostel and, uh, you know, all those crappy, uh, you know... Activity like, and... Yeah, Saul, you know, whatever. So, but no, um, but anyway, the thing, the idea is uh, that I want to do that, and... Um, I'm shooting everything right now on mini DV, you know, all the stuff that I shoot like for fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm gonna probably be doing an actual like 70 minute movie eventually, uh, called Plan 8 from Outer Space. Plan 8? Oh, that's the prequel to Plan 9. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Awesome. It's like more of a parody. <laughs> like originally it was gonna be my homage, you know, right. and uh, you know, and just kind of like I was gonna take it all serious. And everything, and I even got a write-up on uh, Arrow in the Head. Oh, yeah? Yeah, about it. One of my friends sent, uh, sent a thing to it, and uh, they wrote all about it and like, put up the poster that I have for it. And I was like all excited, and I was like, man, I don't really want to do something too serious, because I'm not really a, 
you know, when I when I write, I can't write too serious because I get bored and I want to write a joke. Yeah, well, you saw the murder game. You can see we're the same way. <laughs> I'm about as deep as a cup of coffee. <laughs> you like to throw in so many jokes, and which I, you know, I noticed in the murder game and uh, the creek. The creek was more than was more serious. So because like, Eric can actually write. Yeah, see, that's no, what that's I noticed. I noticed that Eric was a different than you know everybody else. See, like, you know, like there's a lot of people who go out there. They try to make a serious movie and then fail by making a comedy. You know. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you set out to make a serious movie and actually made a serious movie. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, I think, some some dry humor. I mean, the humor we had in the creek, I wanted it to be more of a. It's funny because the character would say it funny, you know. Uh, like we didn't really, I didn't want to like go for jokes, but I think some of the the comments about Coop's height and and things like that were meant to play either way, um, but. I really didn't care. It was funny, actually, because when it played in PA, no one laughed. I mean, it was just, the, it played strictly as a thriller horror. When we played in New York, it was a much more intimate setting, and I think we might even talk to this in your other show, and the reactions were totally different, and everyone got into the comedy in it. Like, they got the little, you know, I kind of looked at the comedy in it as like that die-hard situation where you have this, you know, people are shooting and blah, 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 but then you can have this one-liner to kind of break the tension a little bit. You know, like, but not an over-the-top thing, but just something that kind of fit in that the character would say. And and it's funny how it plays differently. Like, some people will will go with it, and other people don't. But um, but yeah, sorry about that. It actually, that's the one thing about the film. The next one um is Twelve Bells is strictly like a horror because I, yeah. I just didn't want I didn't want that in the next film. Like that 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 opportunity. Right. Jason was surprised. So are you actually think you're you're gonna be working on a new film soon? Um, hopefully so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm like Jason said. I'm always overly prepared. And he has no social life. He just <laughs> turns out, you know. So yeah, I I love him and I hate him for it. Where he made the creek. You know, we made the murder game, and I'm racking my brain for like another idea for a movie. And this asshole, you know, writes, shoots, produces, acts. In and edits the film and then gets it done before his deadline and then like a month later he's like oh by the way here's a script for a new one. <laughs> I, I I'm an overachiever to some degree. It's actually I just hate my day job that much. <laughs> I'm trying to get the hell out. So you know? no, I was thinking you write during your day job. Um, sometimes yeah. I mean sometimes it does actually have that benefit, which is great. You know, um, it's not a production job, but it. it it does have benefits in that there are days when I can get my own stuff done. So, you know, and I actually had, I was as I was finishing post on this, I was already working on, on a few ideas that I was thinking of, and, and I'd call or email Jason stuff, and then he'd be like, it's crap, and then I'd have to restart. And I think I just it, kept saying more blood and more boobs. I think that's all I kept writing back. Yeah, Jason, yeah you kept saying more blood and more boobs. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and Jim's always into more blood and more boobs. Certainly. But um, but in the same in the same scene usually, (laughs) bloody boobs, bloody boobs. Yeah, well there there was there was no uh, nudity in the Greek. I guess that'd be a spoiler. That's why they want more. (laughs) Yeah, they want just some, (laughs) just anything. I think they would have settled for a little side boob, like anything. Well, we had talked about in the murder game one that the murder game had uh, uh, just like a like a. Instant of nudity. The, the you know. tiniest little... Well, because we... 
I joke about there needing to be boobs and blood in it, but, you know, if it fits the script, it fits the script. And the murder game, you know, that was all it really lent itself to. I think it works for having that in the creek. Yeah, there wasn't any reason for any skin to be shown, you know, unless it was going to be, like, the the really stupid, like, hey, we just saw our dead friend. We're back at this cabin in the woods. Now someone's going to get naked and have sex, you know, while their friends are being killed. <laughs> or, or like or, the girls randomly say, hey, let's go skinny dipping. Exactly. Like, it just doesn't fit. But Yeah, really, goes. really, when when you see see a ghost trying to beckon you back, you know, or whatever, you, you, the first thing you don't think of is, let's go skinny dipping. It scares me out of my top every time. Yeah. <laughs> that or she's running point. through the woods and, oh, my sweater got caught on a branch. <laughs> oh. Right. I was just being the asshole, like, I would read the script and try to treat it like a producer. I'm like, well, if you want to sell this movie, you either need skin or some blood, and if you have, you know, don't have much of one, you need more of the other. You know, which is one of the reasons I kept saying more blood because I knew there wasn't any skin in it. Um, outside of the behind-the-scenes footage, but that was just Derek and Jim, and no one really wants to see that. I mean, <laughs> everyone's already seen it, so they don't care. <laughs> No, but and that that was a decision actually in the beginning of the creek. Like I didn't I didn't want to go that route. There's not, I mean honestly, there's probably more swearing in this conversation probably than almost in the movie, and that was something too that, I mean they swear, they say you know there are cuss words in there, but at the same and actually my parents, um, God love them, yelled at me not yelled at me I, that's completely a misrepresentation, but I got a a, a look of like a stern sort of, a lot more language in there than I thought there'd be, sort of thing from him. And and I don't know, I kind of like, I mean, and I guess this is something that it's probably totally ridiculous to some senses because of the way things are, and I mean, the set was and everything else, but in the same sense, like, I kind of like those those movies, like, that are a bit older, that you didn't have to have, you know, I, I really enjoyed, and don't make a mistake, like, Pulp Fiction, an amazing movie, but... I, I I overloaded on the language, and I and I know it was intentional, but at the same time, it was like, to me personally, it, it almost took something away from it, and I really wanted to focus on something and try and make something like a little less, you know, see see if we could make less is more where that came into play as well. Right. I mean, you can always uh, change words around so they don't need them. You know. Yeah. Yes. Half the cursing is actually was added on set, not so much by you, but by, you know, an actor would just say it. Like, it would slip out or it would come out. Oh, yeah, Catherine, I think, and it was funny, she even teased me about it, that she she managed to get quite a bit of, of swearing in the movie. Because in the beginning, but, you know, and and there wasn't a lot of... There there wasn't there wasn't a lot of ad-libbing. There, there wasn't a lot of that. Like, we didn't, we didn't go... I didn't. We were on such a tight schedule. There really wasn't time just to let people improv. But at the same time, you know, I told people, you know, play it so it's comfortable. You once they knew the characters and we had worked with them ahead of time a little, I was like, you know, be comfortable. And if something fit, it fit. And you know, there's almost any take where there was something done that I originally hadn't scripted. I have one take of it the way I wanted it, and I always had the option. And there was a couple shots with Catherine specifically where. You know, she ad-libbed something in, and and it worked. And I was like, great. You know, if it works, it works. You know, but at the same time, I kind of want. I kind of left it sparse. And it was funny because when she said that to me, I kind of like looked at her and was like, well, you know, I kind of did that because I figured, you know, people would end up 
here and there filling in when it needed it. So I think we ended up with the some of the majority of the swearing where it was best where it needed it, where it, you know where it fit, or instead of kind of forcing it. Okay, cool. Well, do you guys want to wrap this up pretty much? Or? Yeah, sorry about holding you on. I think we're a little longer than your normal. Oh, well, no. I mean, I've actually had shows that were like three or four hours. So, Well, Eric's, you know, never one for brevity. <laughs> I don't know. Um, personally, Jim was just, I, I couldn't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> yeah, Jim, you're so talkative. It's past my bedtime. <laughs> Were you sleeping? <laughs> well, he, he, we knew once he had the cottage cheese, he'd be going to sleep any minute. Yeah, uh, I, I had some cereal, too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard you slurping the milk out of the bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway. Um, no, and, and I'm sorry. I, I tried to... Yeah, I'm not always the briefest. But thanks a lot for the for having us on. No, no, that was great. That was that, that was a great. Uh, I think we got a lot of information out there that people might want to listen to and kind of, you know, hear about, you know, um, about how 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 to make an independent uh, thriller. Yeah. Cool. So I uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. Hey. Um, do you guys here. have any oh. last words before uh, before you guys go? Hmm. Jim, <laughs> don't you have something about Derek? You got something uh, profound to say. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Derek's, uh, I mean, Derek was the best, uh, God, I can't even think of anything, man. He's too it's, tired to come up with a Derek joke. Oh, wow. He's terrible. No, not even terrible. a 10 and 2. I thought something was 10 and 2, yeah, I can't believe that hasn't been mentioned. Yeah, wow. 10 and 2 wasn't mentioned at all. Yeah. Wow. Another no. show, that's a show in and of itself. Yeah, I just my last comment would just be I like I just want to thank again like our cast and crew. I mean they were they were amazing and they're the reason that we got what we have, which I think is is a pretty decent film. So um, yeah. I just want to thank them. Hey, Eric, you want to plug the websites? Sure. The, you can check out more about the Creek at www.thecreekmovie.com, and as our trailer, you can download some free ringtones for your phone. Wallpaper and and things of that nature. And there's a MySpace, right? Oh yeah, yeah, we're on MySpace too as well. So you can check us out there. I think it's actually the MySpace Anubis. slash Anubis Productions. But if you type in the Creek Movie, I'm I'm sure you'll get it on a search through MySpace. But yeah, and we're out there and we're playing in. Just so you know, we're we've played got Best Feature Horror in the Illinois International Film Festival. We played already at Atlanta, actually, this past Thursday. We played at the Atlanta Horror Festival, and we played at the Wildwood by the Sea Film Festival two weekends ago. And we have a show coming up in Virginia, the Spooky Movie Film Festival in Fairfax, Virginia, on October 14th at 1230, I believe. And then we also just found out we got in the Full Moon Film Festival, um, which is actually a horror convention and festival out in Little Rock, Arkansas. And that's going to be October 26th through the 28th, I believe. Yeah, and that is put out by Full Moon Pictures. So what yeah, time? So what time's the Spooky Moon? Uh, is it the Spooky whatever uh, f- festival? The one that in Virginia. Uh, that one's going to be at 12:30 on Sunday. Huh. So I'll see um, if my friend's working. If he's not uh, working that day, I'm off on Sundays. 
Awesome. So I can I can't like you know my car won't be able to really just get up there. Mm-hmm. But um, if I can get somebody to take me, that would be pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'd love hoping to see it on we the go, but we're not so. sure we're going to make it yet. So you guys don't know if you guys will be able to make it? I'm yeah, not I don't know. Sure. i got to see what my... I might be actually in D.C. That starting that day for a job. Well, so you won't be too far away, but... No, that's what i got to see, because we're shooting... I know we shoot Monday... And I know we're going Sunday, but I don't know if Sunday's a, a prep day or if we're just a travel day. If it's just a travel day, then yeah, I'll go. But it might actually be like a build day too for the shoot. Yeah, and, and us with our schedule right now with the film. I mean, we just sent. I just got mailers ready to go to Spain. Um, we had someone from France from Horror.com contact us about you know screening it. Um, MySpace has been a great tool, but so we're sending that off, and we just got the. Screener, the exhibition screener is ready for uh, the Full Moon Film Festival, so that's going out uh, Tuesday as well. So it, we've been like really busy just trying to get screeners out there and just get press about it and get get people aware of the film as best as we can. Huh. So it, it's huh. been kind of. Plus, we we were down at the Wildwood Festival um, the other like last weekend. It would have been last weekend. It's been like nonstop for us. So the, as much as we want to go to Virginia, I'm not 100 percent sure we can make it. So hopefully we'll be there though. Oh, cool. But yeah, I can always shoot um, an email. Hopefully, like, you know, hopefully sure. I might be able to make it. If not, I'll be there in spirit. Awesome. So we'll I've probably... already I've already seen the movie, so you know. That's true. So and I can you know you know if my friend can't make it or whatever we can always watch it. So. There, there you go. You can have a private screening. Yeah, that is true. But they have a lot of a lot of great things showing though. I mean they 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 posted actually their trailer up on our our MySpace page in the comments and it looks like it's gonna be a really fun show. So I'm hoping to get down and see as much as I can. Yeah, I'm gonna be down there in spirit also. <laughs> I think Jim's I think Jim's on this interview in spirit at this moment. At this point. <laughs> I, I, I think so too because this is the quietest and the uh, least vulgar I've ever heard him. I've ever heard him. Yeah. And everything I say, I got to run it through my head first, and I'm like, nah, I can't say that. <laughs> or you're like, oh, I missed the moment. <laughs> so you yeah. totally hold back, Jim. That would have been funny two minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. No, but yeah. So then, thank you, Jim, for reminding me to to plug that stuff. But yeah, thecreekmovie.com. Um, you can check it out there. We also have T-shirts and things you can buy. But um, mainly right now, it's just all to get awareness for the film and and, and just try and get get people to see it and uh, hopefully get some distribution for it. Yeah, hopefully more and more people will check it out, and um, hopefully more people listen to this. So <laughs> Yeah, thanks a lot for having us on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. A lot, a lot of great stories. That's <laughs> I hope. Just the tip of the ice. You know, I, th- I hope you guys get a chance to do another commentary track, too, to kind of do a, like, you know, cast and crew. Because I think if you guys did something like this, you know, where you guys just talk about, the movie, but also, you know, kind of joke around with each other. I think that would be a great, we'll you know, a track. We'll gym track. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can, we'll try and get that in. It'd be great to have a bunch of us. We'll find the moonshine. We'll <laughs> yeah, we should do that. Drink the moonshine and then do the track. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, yeah, have a drinking game during the, uh... Yeah. Every uh time I've heard that some of the best commentaries are the ones when you're drunk. I, I I will admit uh, I was pretty drunk on a commentary I did before, and <laughs> and Fangoria said that was a pretty good commentary. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the murder game. 
No, no, it was a different movie. <laughs> but we were all a little drunk on that commentary. I was actually, I think, the only sober one on the murder game commentary. Did you just, did you just like show up to commentary tracks, or was it a commentary track you were part of the movie? Uh, no, I was part of the movie. Okay. Commentary track. Actually, I, I will tell you, uh, I, I'm going to be watching uh, WatchUsDie.com pretty soon. Oh, yeah, oh. check that out. That's for treat. I do have it. one for me, don't you, that I can buy off you. Oh, yeah, there's lots of big boobies in that one. You'll like it. That was a that was a fun job working on. It was interesting. And there's also and there's also a Ghost Watcher in my like house, so I'll have to watch that. Uh yes yes Ghost Watcher, but you can see uh, my two best cam two of my better cameos are in Mer- or in uh, Watch Us Die. Oh yeah, weren't you the the ambulance like dude? I'm a, I'm one of the paramedics because our actor was sick that day and I was the same size as him, so I, I assume he's a very scrawny man. And then I'm in the book signing line, the only person holding the book that isn't the book to get autographed. I'm holding a book that says, what's going on down there, a cartoon guide to puberty. (laughs) That's okay. I I gotta watch that now. (laughs) When the camera pans across the line, you see me and the girl next to me is laughing, and everyone else is serious because I was pointing to the title on the book. (laughs) So, Jason, which which commentary did you show up drunk for? Which film was that? I didn't show up drunk for. I just got drunk on the Ghost Watcher commentary. Oh, okay. That one we just progressively drank while we did it. So. Yeah, that's probably that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, Wait, well thanks uh, for we'll have a Ghost Watcher uh, show sometime. <laughs> All right. You know, we'll, we'll get David up here or something. Yeah, we'll try to get him to actually call in. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jim, Jason, thanks a lot for calling in. Ain't no sweat. Sure thing, yo. Yep, and uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. And yeah. um, Keep that, us posted Eric on Plan well. A. Yeah, good uh, luck with that, Jonathan. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll host a show for you when you, you do uh, Scavenger. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have you guys do a show, and yeah, definitely. We'll just interview you on your own show. <laughs> or yeah, or I could just interview myself. That would be too. very interesting. <laughs> Uh, I think that uh, you know. I don't know if that'll ever be, that, if that'll ever work. But we'll you can see. hire us to come work on that too. That's true. <laughs> We're always looking for work. We don't have yeah. distribution yet, so we actually that was that was the thing help. that Robert and I were talking about is uh, hiring some of the people. But uh, the thing is, right now, uh, I've I've got to just work on doing like my own little fun stuff, and then uh, you know, not not so serious stuff. Then I can actually work on something, you know. Remotely serious. If the uh, if the scavenger one hits it off, we could do one uh, where they're playing capture the flag. Also, <laughs> I like where you're going with it. I was actually thinking of truth or die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. As well, that There's was the original idea, but that has know. room for nudity. Yeah, uh, the scavenger will definitely have uh, have to have nudity in it, though. I still like to do that like movie about like championship red rover competitions. By nudist. Yeah, that's what I that told is, you. Eric doesn't have a life. I think by nudist. That was, if I could get that off the ground, I I think that would be it. That could be an interesting idea. They could shoot in the nudist camp. That'd be great. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. And then I wouldn't have to worry about like nudity because it would fit in the script. Yeah, that's how you ran around a nudist camp once. <laughs> I went to a, I went to a nude this camp is the down in Florida. I, <laughs> I ran around nude all day in that place. It was awesome. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
I went to the library uh, in the nudist camp, sat around nude, read books. But now i got to ask, what does a nudist camp library actually have in it? Well, that's why we were actually there, because of uh, that lady Doris Wishman who I worked with. She uh, shot a lot of nudist films, and my uh, buddy is her uh, biographer. And uh, he was researching some stuff on her, because they have the largest nudist like archive library there. Mm-hmm. So while he was like researching... I just went outside and got naked and ran around and checked, went, you know, went to the pool and shit. <laughs> That's just awesome. Uh, that know, should definitely be in a commentary track. <laughs> Somewhere. Commentary track should just be Jim just talking about whatever comes to mind. That's what I think. <laughs> and it'll have to happen at the end of whatever commentary track. <laughs> you know? Like when they're about to wrap, wrap up the thing, it, it keeps going for another ten minutes. Yeah, you could, whole, you could do a nudist film show, and I could, uh, I could come on and talk about that too. <laughs> you know, I, you know, would it fill the whole, uh, you know, hour? Cool. Oh, oh, definitely. You should check out. There's a new release of Doris Wishman's first nudist film, Hide Out in the Sun, just came out uh, on DVD. It's real good. I shot an interview with David Friedman for it. So when you say a nudist film, is that a documentary or? No, there was a whole genre of films made back in the uh, in the sixties that all they couldn't show real nudity uh, in films then, so they just uh, shot in the nudist camp, so it had educational value. <laughs> That's really funny. There's a whole genre of them. The best one is uh, Doris's film Nude on the Moon, where uh, a couple of guys win the lottery, use the money to build a rocket ship, and go to the moon and find a nudist camp. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That is awesome. See, anyone can make a movie. Yeah, that's right. You can shoot on the moon at a new yeah. camp. Yeah. That's, that's the weirdest I'm idea the, of a movie I've ever heard. That's I'm awesome. in the wrong genre. Yeah, it's, it's on DVD. Check it out. Actually, it's on IMDb, too, yeah. Yeah, Nude on the Moon. Wow. Oh, yeah, look quick on Doris Wishman there. You'll see a whole pile of nudist films and stuff. I worked on her last film. Which was a horror film, actually. Awesome. Why was it a horror film? Because there was no nudity in it. Da-da! <laughs> no, because now she's like 90. Now, there was plenty of nudity, and she was like 90, but uh, she had switched to horror in the 80s. One of the greatest horror films ever, she made A Night to Dismember. Oh, really? It, it, uh, it, it makes pretty much absolutely no sense at all, but it's so amazing. And that has probably the greatest commentary I've ever heard in my life on that DVD. Basically, huh. her and her longtime cameraman, who they're both, you know, she's like 90, he's like 82 or something. <laughs> it's, it's just them screaming at each other the entire time. <laughs> a woman from a cursed family is released from a mental facility, and soon dismember courses start turning up. Yeah, it's great. Check it out. Starts porn star Samantha Fox. Ooh. Of a former singer, Samantha Fox? No, the, the porn star one. <laughs> you know, oh, uh, that's awesome. Uh, you know, it's funny, one of the first people I had on my show is a uh, porn director. Who's that? Um, Doug Sackman. He, uh, oh, yeah, he does a, that stuff with Joanna Angel. Yeah, he does, yeah. So he did like the uh, Exorcist, the Triple Exorcist. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. one called Evil Head that uh, is coming out soon. Yeah, Evil Head is coming out soon, and he also did, uh, what's the other one, The Repenetrator? 
Yeah, Repenetrator, that's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's got all these kind of... So he, he would love to, like, he was one of the first guests I ever got on my show, and he just he just loved to promote everything he was doing. He just went, you know, he loved to talk about it, so... Yeah, he's actually from Philly. Uh, he lives in Philly. That's a, a Repenetrator was shot in Philly. Oh, shit, give him my number. Yeah, I want his number, too, man. Uh, I want to work with him. I used to actually have anything, his number. So, man. I need to contact him again, because... If anyone's listening, I want to work with Joanna Angel uh, real bad. <laughs> She's hot, dude, man. I never actually had her on my show, though, but um, my friend, uh, some of the guys I knew had her on their show. That's uh, nice. Because they had him on the show. And uh, they they basically bu- uh, bugged him into having her, her come on. Uh, she talked about Jim a lot. Was she like, there's this guy, Jim. I, t- I haven't met him, but yeah, I she, want him. She totally wants to hang out with me. It's like crazy. <laughs> But, uh, no, so Doug Sackman was on my show, and it's just really funny to hear, you know, because he was the first, he was one of the first guests I ever had, and he was a porn director. Yeah, so, cool. but I had been a big fan of his, uh, movie, uh, Punk Rock Holocaust. Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard about that. Oh, they're doing a second one. Oh, yeah, they did it, they did do the second one. That's all down there in Philly, down your way, Jason. Yeah, because one of the, this girl that was a boom op on something I just worked on was a boom op. She just told me she did boom on Punk Rock Holocaust, too. Wow. Yeah, it was. Um, I haven't seen part two, but I own part one. Is there porn and, in that? Hmm. Is there porn in that? Um. No, I think. See, how he said it was, he was hanging out with uh, Joanna Angel. He was just friends with her, and one day, her and uh, the guy who was the main guy, Tommy, or yeah, Tommy Pistol. Tommy, Tommy Pistol. Pistol. They're all hanging out one day, and um. He was like, you know what, people should do, like, a, a parody of the, uh, you know, horror movies set as porn. And uh, they're like, that's a great idea. Uh, let's make it. And so Doug just kind of got, you know, just kind of fell into directing porn. But he nice. loves it, you know. Nice. I don't think he would, um, and apparently he's been working on a lot of, um, uh, I'm looking at his thing right now, but he's been doing a lot of that Joe and Angel stuff. So yeah, um, you know, like Guide to Humping and Alt <laughs> Throttle, and we should get the Guide to Humping for uh, Dave. <laughs> yeah, we should. Joanna Angel's Guide to Humping, yeah, it's pretty funny looking. I never saw it though. <laughs> I'm sure it's just uh, nonstop hot sex with Joanna Angel. I'll have to try to get uh, uh, Doug Sackman on my show. If you, if you guys want to call in and ask him a Joanna Angel question, I'm sure you love that. Yeah, I'll call up and get, and start getting dirty and stuff. I'll just ask for work. Be like, dude, I live in Philly. Give me work. Yeah. I have no good idea. Respect. I don't care. Yeah, we'll just call constantly. The whole show will just be that. <laughs> like, and, and just guys your voice as other people. Yeah. Long-time listener, first-time caller. So anyway... <laughs> <laughs> That's that's great. He's uh, I'm sure he'd love that. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's really busy. Like when I had him on my show, like the first time I, I think was it the first time or the second time because I had him like come on. Like he wanted to come on once because uh, he wanted to talk to his friend Chris Seaver, mm-hmm. and he wanted to promote something. Seaver, oh. I know Chris Seaver. Do you? Wait, this this Chris Seaver from uh, the Low Budgets. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's worked with him, um, done a few movies with him, and good friends with him. Like, he's yeah, done a movie called Scrotal Vengeance with him. No, 
He was in, yeah, he was in Scrotal Vengeance. Uh, my friend John was in Filthy McNasty. Scrotal? Uh, no, John Carius. Uh, yes, John Carius. Yeah, John wants to come on the show, actually. Have he him come never, on. Never freaking does. He's, he's the he's craziest like, he was, guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's he's the craziest guy. You just ask him about Poultry Guys, because he worked on it and was in it. as like a chicken oh. coming out of his ass or something. He's also worked <laughs> on the Asylum movies, too. Mm-hmm. Are those the, the cheerleader... Uh, what the hell was that? Cheerleader Massacre or something? No, no, it was, um... Was it, uh, like, Snakes on a Train? Oh, oh the uh, Asylum. He works on that? I... Yeah, he's worked on, that, on Snakes on a Train, but he's worked on um, a few Asylum projects. I think right. he's worked on, like, Freak Show and... Yeah. Hey, guys, real quick, you, you've eclipsed my porn knowledge, and I, I actually, unfortunately, do have a day job, so I'm going to catch you later. <laughs> but um, I'm right. filling out the rest of the show with this because I know now you've really grooved into Tim's alley, so I'm sure you can find out some cool stuff from him. <laughs> um, he'll, I'm sure he'll easily take up my slack. But um, Jonathan, thanks again for the interview. Uh, you're you're so welcome, dude. And thanks and, uh, for coming and, uh, on, Jim and Jason. Thanks again for coming on. And that's what. Thanks for giving us work. <laughs> thanks for helping me out. Thanks for doing it, man. Hopefully, the next film you'll use already know you're both on board if you got the time. Alright. So and then there it is. It's out there. You can hold me to it now. You got the money, I got the time. Awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Alright, catch you guys later. Later okay. man. Bye. Bye. Oh my god. Um oh my god, Doug Sackman gets props in a video. That somebody you know, like that's what it's written as as a credit. You know, in IMDB. Props? His credit is props. So I don't mm-hmm. know if he was like the prop guy on what film um it was called kill a season huh and i have no idea what that is though it's um oh it's asylum distributed it's kind of weird i never even heard of it i don't uh, know if i've seen asylum films those films suck right or no <laughs> they're the ones no, don't don't like say the, that i'm friends with this guy <laughs> just very very close to something that's about to come out or just came out but some of them, I haven't really seen any of them. Some of them are actually supposed to be pretty good. Like the Hitchhiker one was supposed to be good. Wait, did they put out the? Did they put out that film Corpses Are Forever? I don't think so. No, you know, I'm for a while they them. did like I don't want to say like legitimate movies, but they just did their own movies, and then they caught on to the whole like parody kind, of, not like parody, but you know, like rip off, the, yeah. whatever you want to follow, and then whatever people get like. mad of them, and they're just gonna keep doing them anyway, like. Well, you know what? Whatever they do, what they do, and it's you know, there's plenty. They, someone might get mad that they took a movie like the the Hitcher, like the original Rucker Hauer movie, and then they yeah. you know make a their rip off version of it. But it's probably better than the shitty remake that got made. So. Oh, I'm they, sure. They did distribute the uh, Corpses Are Forever, but okay, but they just distributed the movie. They didn't. I don't think they had anything to do with the actual, you know making of it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I know the guy that made that. Um, so where's Asylum located at? L.A. Oh, okay. They are, like, based in L.A. Like, what happened was, how I fell into them was I watched this movie called Beast of Bray Road that was on Sci-Fi. Okay. And Lee Scott had directed the movie. And Lee Scott's, you know, one of the main directors of it, or was. Now he's kind of, he's got his own production company and he's kind of doing his own I think he's doing his own stuff now, but he had uh, they had actually just did a uh, movie. I want to I want to mention this. They had done a movie called I Am Omega. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's uh, but stars Mark Dacascus from the uh, from like Only the Strong and uh, Double Dragon and oh, okay. well, you know he's a martial artist guy, so it's really funny to see uh, you know the I Am Legend coming out with Will Smith, and then their yeah. version has a very awesome martial artist, you know. You yeah, haven't seen the I Am Legend preview yet. Someone told me it looked like garbage. Hmm. It's, it's very, very expensive garbage. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, stuff I like, saw looked cool just because in the trailer they just show off the fact that they have, like, New York look deserted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they just took the Lovecraft story and, like, updated it, uh, ruined it. That's what I heard. Oh, the Matheson? Yeah, I, I don't know. They probably just added a bunch of explosions and, and shit yeah. to it. Um, oh, uh, wait, guys. You know, before you guys go and before we like finish this completely, have you guys seen um the uh first like three minutes of Huey Bowl's new movie? Huey Bowl's new movie? The House of the Dead, the funny version? No, 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 no. The uh um the postal movie. Oh, the postal video game one? No, I have I've just seen stills from it. I think um, I read an article about that actually, but no, I've not. It actually looks good. Well, the first three minutes of the movie, um, let's just say they're, they're online. You can find it on, um, like, YouTube. Yeah. But um, basically, you know, you know, me, I'm not, like, I, I kind of laughed and whatever, and um, so a lot of people are going to probably hate me for this, but there was a there was a scene where the two, uh, the two guys who hijacked, um, you know, the, the plane for 9-11... Mm-hmm. Um, are are debating, you know, how much, uh, you know, how many virgins that they're gonna have and have, you know, when when they die. Jesus, yeah. And then uh, they talk to Osama and find out that you know it's gonna be less than twenty for <laughs> eternity. So they decide to go to Bermuda <laughs> or the no the Bahamas. They're like, oh, let's go to Bahamas, and all of a sudden the uh, the people who, um, you know, the who were uh, hijacked decide to break in and then they cause the wreck um, because they were planning on turning around or whatever and then it crashes oh, it's postal and <laughs> after that I was like you know what this this movie is either going to do really really well or do really really bad well I look at it it's Huey Bull and people just love to hate the guy and I'll admit it I've never seen one of his movies that I've liked but um, I didn't mind Blood Rain I didn't even bother. I saw last thing I saw was Alone in the Dark, which was just god awful. I, I I tried watching House of the Dead and just. But you know what? I got to give the guy credit. He makes more movies than like anyone else out there. And I was trying to get him on my show actually, and his manager at one point was you know was a, I don't know if his managers or publicist or whatever, but they're you know they were interested until they found out. Then they started asking me about my listenership, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I, I think I kind of told them, you know, how much, and I haven't heard a word back yet. So you should challenge him to a fight because I heard that he'll box anyone. <laughs> so what the, po- the the postal movies like straight to DVD? I assume. Yeah, I, I don't think, think so. it's even gone DVD distribution yet. Oh, uh, but well, it's not going to play theatrically. No, I don't think that's playing theatrically. I think Seed might, which is the other one he was doing like at the same time. For some reason, he still gets movies into the theater. I guess they turn a profit for someone. Yeah. 
Well, I think they they do. You know, um, actually, my favorite thing is I saw Uwe Boll in a um, in a movie called Zombie Geddon. Right. And he's in the first like second of the movie. Like, what happens is uh, Uwe's talking to the camera and says, you know, um, uh, something about like, uh, do not watch Zombie Geddon. This is the worst movie of all time. You know, please turn your turn turn this off. Go watch something else. Go watch one of my movies. You like it better. You know, <laughs> and that kind of thing. Right before the movie starts, <laughs> and it says, uh, "You, you know, at, at the top it says warning: You evil and the the masters of bad cinema warn you not to watch this movie." <laughs> so you know, it was it was a great scene. Yeah, know? that right there. And uh, you know, um, so. I've I've had the director on there, and I, I don't know if I mentioned on my show, but I don't know if I mentioned it to him before that. I really liked that scene. That scene was <laughs> that scene was pretty funny, and I I don't know if Uwe even knew that it was in the movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he, you know, I think, you know, he was probably just like, oh, this movie will around. never even get distribution, and right, you know, but uh, all right, well, I guess I'll 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 let you guys go. It's kind yeah. of getting late. Yeah. And um, for having us on and listening to us bullshit about the movie. Yeah, it's a good time, good time. Yep, and uh, yeah, we can probably have you guys back on. I'm sure when I, if I get uh, Doug to come back on, I might yep. have I might see if he can come on soon and uh, talk about Evil Head because I'm still doing like a you know Halloween October kind of stuff, and I guess Evil Head's a uh, horror you know porn. Yeah, that's so that'd good. be an interesting thing to talk about again. There you go. Definitely. So maybe maybe you'll send me a screener of Evil Head. Yeah, that'd be great. Like that, I don't think I've seen a uh, Doug Sackman porn yet. Oh, you got to see Repenetrator. That's completely out of hand. <laughs> really? Yeah. I definitely want to check it out, one of his movies, because uh, I just think it would be really funny to see, like, what the hell a, uh, you know, a, a, a horror porn is. Yeah, check them out. And uh, I guess it's a horror comedy porn, because with a name like Evil Head. Yeah, they all go hand in hand like that. Yeah. Or hand in whatever. Yeah, hand in other things. <laughs> all right, well, thank you guys so much. And, all right, um, yeah, thank you. And good all luck right, with all your projects and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck with yours. Keep us posted. I'll, yeah, I'll definitely keep you guys posted. And, you know, you guys will definitely be like a DP in uh, First AD if I can afford you guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're like super expensive. <laughs> well, <laughs> to me right now, anything's super expensive. So I hear you. So if you were like, you know, I'll charge you a dollar, I'd be like, no, sorry, can't afford you right now. And uh, thank you guys. And uh, all right, we'll, thank you. We'll have it. We'll, I'll definitely have you guys back on. All right, cool. yeah, we'll see you. See you, Jason. All right, all see right. you, Jim. Durka, durka, jihad, durka, durka, <laughs> Muhammad jihad. All right, uh, durka, durka. <laughs> All right, good night, guys. All right, well, that was, uh, gosh, that was the whole, that was casting crew of uh, The Creek. A uh, movie you guys should see. I can't wait for it to one day get distribution so you guys can check it out. It's a really fun movie, uh, really entertaining. It, it, it's something that you guys will uh, most likely like. So, uh, you know, uh, check them out at the... Uh, thecreekmovie.com and their their MySpace and everything. So, all right. Well, thank you guys. Um, I should be having some cool guests soon, and I can't wait for it. So, have a good night, guys. Bye bye.